Welcome to Hami Media Group, or as the cool kids say, HMG. We're here to provide you with the very best entertainment alternative media has to offer. Thank you to all our supporters who have made us what we are today. Follow us on social media, video, and podcast platforms at Hameen Media Group. Become a subscriber to Hameen Media Group at Patreon.com for great free daily content as well as off-the-top-rope extras. Subscribe to our affiliate Patreon channels with a plethora of fun content on various tiers that will bring tears of joy to your eyes. Vince Russo's The Brand. The Rip Rogers FR Podcast, Stevie Ray TV, Goldilocks, The A Show with Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two Man Power Trip, Velvet Sky and Angelina Love, The Beautiful People, and now, The Larry Hankin Stories. Support your favorite HMG and independent pro wrestling talent at ProWrestlingTees.com. Enjoy the ultimate meal with Zordo's Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Head over to ZordosOliveOil.com. Start your day with the best cup of joe, bro. Try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at TheBroasters.com. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home. Amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you. Hear from the pros who live the biz, bro, with talent that have worked for every major organization led by the man who put the attitude back in pro wrestling and in your ear holes. It's gotta be Russo'sBrand.com, bro. Again, we'd like to thank you for joining us here at HMG. And now, it's time to be entertained. سبحان فالق الاصباح يا الله يا الله it's monday morning and we're flying high in our superman socks that's right you don't know what these socks are infidels but we're about to strap them on and take off to the sky as we bring all the wrestling headlines it's been a bloodbath since last week there's plenty to run down and we're gonna live it up high like it's cinco de mayo in the guacamole fest that we all know and love here with rick victory hacker hobby and inside ribs all day long infidels yeah yeah man what's good what's good I'm back with Shinsuke Guacamole. I like that one. That one popped me this morning, man. But uh, it was a, a good weekend. I got a little bit of a getaway with the wives on Saturday, which doubled my workload for Sunday. So it was a full day in the saddle. But we're back at it. There are no days of the week here at HMG. Just constant production, constant promotion. The RealmNetwork.com launch, and we're having a couple of bugs. We're getting figured out, but for the most part, uh, everything is working pretty well. And uh, yeah, man, just uh, just back at it, making more great content. Thank you, guys. I know some of you were, I don't know, hot. I don't really give a fuck if you're hot anyway because you're not going to do shit because I'll slap the shit out of you. Uh, but, uh, you know, the where's the show? Where's this show? Yeah, it's at therealmnetwork.com. It's $4.95. It's a dollar 
a week for all the HMG content. They pushed us off of YouTube and Twitch and demonetized, and we're just tired of the battle to be able to even say words. People were trying to get at me like, it's all money grab and all this shit. I'm like, no, you want real truth and honest talk. There's words we can't even say on YouTube. So we made our own thing. We made our own platform. The diehards are with us. The marks who are fair weather fans will come along or go someplace else. But uh, we're going to keep doing things the only way we know how with integrity, talking truth, and putting out, uh, you know, opinions that are valid in the face of everybody else kissing ass here at Hameen Media Group, Russo's brand, uh, wherever you're getting us, patreon.com slash Hameen Media Group as well for some shows there and extra special events as that's as the, the landscape's going to change. That's just how media works. And uh, a guy who's made a lot of ch -ch -ch changes in the past couple of years here, man, coming up and striving for success. One of the hottest upcoming Midwest wrestling promoters, one of the best voices in uh, in the racing biz right now, and an all-around foodie and good guy. It's my man, RBV. Good morning, pal. Ben, what's up, buddy? Uh, I, you know, I got to say, coming in, I, I guess maybe I'm looking at it through uh, rosy-colored glasses. I haven't seen much of a backlash about the move. I think a lot of people understand it. It, it comes with good yeah. cause, and if you want that top-level content that you've come to, to grow and, and know and love with the Hameen Media Group, uh, I mean, I think it's worth the price of admission beyond that. And then all the other amazing content you're going to get over there. Yeah, I know it's, it, I guess that, that transition phase is always a little difficult. So I've seen some people maybe with some technical problems, but we're getting there on that end, right? Yeah, everything seems to be pretty well up and up. We're meeting with a developer just to work out a couple of bugs. There was like one or two subscribers who subscribed like everybody else, but they weren't seeing something in their feed. So I'm not sure if that's their technology combined with the WordPress plugin and, and yada, yada. So we're, you know, we want everybody to get full value and have no issues, but uh, you can sign up right now at the realmnetwork.com for free. Cause there is freedom or freemium, excuse me, uh, content, you know, whether it's parts of shows to give you a preview or shows that are going to roll off. Like, you know, I imagine after a month or so, I might make like next levels and things like that free, you know, uh, if, if NXT is still around anyway. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're, we're going to get into that. We're going to yeah. see what, what is the next level? Are we, are yeah, we de-leveling? Yeah. yeah, but I know some people are having a little bit of issues. So on the $5 tier, I uploaded uh, the Friday locker room at, uh, I mean, Media Group Patreon, just so people, because it was a great show, you know, uh, Stevie and I have had so much to talk about and they've all been real heavy hitters. So I wanted to make sure people were getting their content and when they reach out or their hair's on fire and they're looking for it, well, that means they want it and we've got something and I'm not trying to snake you be like, ah, I got them. But, uh, dude, I, I, my channel has been struck three times and demonetized. I can't take any cheers and nothing. You know, I, <laughs> people are like, whatever they want to say to not have to pay. What do you want me to do? Work 9,500 hours a week for zero, zero dollars and like go get a 40 hour a week job so I can keep <laughs> things going. Yeah, sure. That's not going to happen. So, uh, so many, uh, diehard HMG and Russo brand subscribers have kept this thing growing. And, uh, we had great numbers out of the gate. Really. I think we had like 70 signups for HMG over on realm, which is unbelievable to me in, in the first week launch. So I just want to say thank you. And I had some people unsubscribe from Patreon and jump over there. And I, I get that, you know, like uh, yeah, well, what I'm all spends the same as long as you're bringing right. it to one of the platforms. But I'm going to change Patreon because that was kind of just like the holding ground of shows while we we're having pod being issues and da 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 da. Um, that, uh, you know, well, 
I'm going to make that more interactive uh, experience, get back to some of the marketing stuff that I wanted to do and, and, and special events there. So keep an eye out. Plus Master Shoot Theater's over there, Rip Rogers Podcast is over there still in the backlog. So yeah, man, just uh, constant production in an ever-changing media realm, buddy. I'll say for those joining us here I, I, that are watching us, uh, the video portion here, if I am uh, chugging liquid, this week I did uh, 20 plus hours at the track, so I was worried if my voice You're was going to hold up to to even get here uh, to get here this morning. If it was going to hold up, I mean, it, it's just a constant. Uh, I mean, we were packed all weekend, you know, yeah, hundreds man. of cars each day. Uh, but yeah, it's a good time, and and now it's time to turn the attention. We are just a little little over two weeks away from Hamin coming in here, the Swiss wine, the Super Show. Yeah. Uh, a few weeks away, as soon as we wrap up here with the Monday locker room record, I got to go get you some ring padding. As we discovered, <laughs> half of the ring padding was, was in storage, was destroyed. So, uh, my uh, luckily, something. Uh, well, the, the gentleman that we use it with, we kind of a working partnership with. We do some production work for them during their shows. So, in turn, we get use of the ring. Right. So, they had a buddy storing it. I don't know where the hell this thing was at, but something got to it and destroyed half of the ring padding. It's delicious. So, uh, so, so luckily... Big Tom from War Wrestling came through, and he got us a hell of a deal on it. Awesome. Uh, I mean, we're going to repad the entire ring for under $400, which is unheard of. Yeah, no, that's really great, man. I mean, not great that you got to spend the dough, but uh, glad that Big Tom is a, a promoter with integrity who is willing to help good brothers out, man, all the way around all the time. So, uh, yeah, dude, I dealt with uh, some carny bullshit last week, and then again this week, like, uh, promoter up north who Deanna Perrazzo exposed is like, don't deal with this guy. Da, 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 da. And then the dude, wait, like you hear a show's going to be canceled like a couple days before. And he does because it's way overbooked with Carlito, Chris Masters, Deanna Perrazzo, like all these names got to fly in that they want to do an autograph signing on. And people were pumped about it, but There's no way that you're going to make your money on that. There just is no way. And it's them wanting to be Vince McMahon thinking that they can book their own little WrestleManias and these signings that will end up losing them four to $5,000 instead of playing it tight to the vest with a $6,000 budget, having one or two names that you have to fly in that are even not that huge yet. You know what I mean? And then using your local crew to make sure everything gets over. So the word spreads and of course it gets canceled. And then the excuses come out that it's some other indie promoter talking shit and calling New York state athletic commission when the shit dropped on the sheets and was stooged by the workers of the boys. So all the boys are like, fuck. So there goes a nice payday. Then this week, the other show I was supposed to be on coming back from yours. Same thing, bro. Rock and roll express, Mark Henry, the Ascension, Kevin Sullivan, uh like legendary wwe refs like just a, a litany of and this was bro. and they were just had those guys in a battle royal correct just in a battle royal ellsworth like all these dudes and that doesn't even make for a good autograph signing show if you're doing 50 50 splits because now you're making your audience choose who they want is it rock and roll express and mark henry they're not coming with $400 to get everybody's autograph. So now you've split the pot between the boys of what they can make too, instead of having something focused. And again, one of these massive, it's going to be the WrestleMania of the Indies bullshit and fill in with all the Northeast guys who are the actual competent workers who build the fucking territory. So guys like this think they can come in 
and both of them ran on somebody else's promoter license, uh, two different licenses. And both of those shows, and then yesterday canceled. And we get the now. This may be more true that the promoter wasn't was ill and not feeling well. But I'd be ill too if I had to come up with ten thousand dollars in deposits and flights before the show even started. My stomach would be churning. And you're going to cancel a show three weeks out from when the show's supposed to happen because of sickness. You're not fooling anyone in this business, bro. We get it that you overbooked, that you marked for yourself and you marked for some super show that you wanted to have happen. And now your dick's caught in the fucking pencil sharpener because you put it there and you got to grind it yourself. So you use any excuse. And I hope he's not truly ill. I, I guess word was that he was at the hospital, but I don't trust any word from any fucking promoter ever, except for pretty much Josh anymore from two CW and Mike King, Mike King does a good job. Chris LaPlante, I'd like to stick my finger through his eye, but uh, he's a good guy too. When it comes to making sure the envelopes there, but these, when I see these shows, I always quote my price at almost 50% higher than what I do for the guys I work for regularly, because there's a 95% chance that this show ain't happening Jackson. And Two fucking big paydays for for August the that should have been are now gone. I had four shows booked, did one, and yours is the second one, man. So th there's just a huge lesson to be learned in dealing with these fucking fly-by-night promoters who want to get their own name over. And then when it comes to the 11th hour, when they really got to have the money up front, it's, uh, it's exposed almost every single time, bro. If you see a show... <laughs> and it's not on these workers. If you see a show with Carlito, Chris Masters, Gangrel, and maybe two other legends and, and a top girl advertised, there's a 90% chance that that show is not going to happen. <laughs> I'm telling you that right now, bro. And it's got nothing to do with them, but those are like your top, you know, ex WWE guys. Well, there's even more now that are coming to the fold. And uh, it's just, there's so many. That's why 2CW ruled because no little carny shindy feds would dare run in 2CW territory because Josh would stomp them the fuck out and make sure they never wanted to stick their head up again to try and run uh, in that 350-mile circumference. And since 2CW died, it's been whack-a-mole with three out of five promoters are carny fucks who can't get the job done. I say, you know, the overall process inside of itself, especially the deeper you get in and just being so ground level as I am, uh, there's a lot of it that is absolutely terrifying. <laughs> and, and you, and very early in it, you kind of have to get over yourself, kind of being, you know, not saying that I'm not the one, but that mark, mm -hmm. you know, thinking that you know everything here. And, you know, when I made that jump, I got asked to come on board with this thing. I still was hesitant. And they did convince me. They said, all right, Rick, you know, it's not like you're coming in blind. You know, you've been with the Hami Media Group. You've been working alongside these pros, learning from them for this this amount of time. I said, I said, there's still that difference. There's still that difference from you know going as a host, asking these questions, to learning the yeah. ins and outs of, of how this thing works. And I remember those early conversations, and and I asked those tough questions. You know, as we have this long list of man, it'd be awesome if we could go book this person. Hey, I got a contact to this, and I said, guys, I said in our little bubble, that might sound great. But is that truly going to move the gate? It, it, are the, is that going to work at the box office? Is our return on investment going to be worth it in any way? And, you know, as, as we, we're looking through these talents here and we're bringing in, you know, this show, we're, we're actually, we're bringing in you and we're bringing in Shane Taylor. 
Uh, Shane has great ties to Ohio. He's an Ohio guy, Northern Ohio guy. Uh, Ring of Honor regularly runs that area, and he, and he just looks like a damn superstar. And, he and is. The guy is uh, Kong is is two hours away, and, so. and that works for us. You know what? That's one of the benefits we have right here is this this Midwest area. And I'm in this Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio actually is a tremendous hotbed for independent wrestling. And uh, yeah, you got uh, all the guys from fucking uh, Sammy Callahan's crew. Even guys from Chicago can make that drive in three and a half, four hours. And, well, you know, you know we could dip down to OVW country as absolutely. well. All, all the great talent there. And then, you know, when it, hell, you know this, you know, when I, when I sold, hey, let's bring in Ben Hameen, you know, it's not, hey, I've been working with him for all these years. We're friends. I want to do this favor. You know, I, it was, hey, I know this is an investment. I said, we're going to have to, we're going to have to commit to Hameen a few times in. But I guarantee he'll move that gate. He will generate enough heat. The guy's got the best promo on the independent scene right now. Bring him in a couple of times, and people are going to follow. You're going to have people throughout the little area we're running. Okay, man, we got to go hate on this guy. That's where that payoff comes. <laughs> Shane will be a couple of times like that as well, you know, coming in and, and growing a little bit more that he has that exposure that where it will pull in. Set work, but you know, there were some. And it, it's just because I mean, we're talking about fast forward to you because you're still green in this and you're doing the right things. All these are, are great ideas, but you have to look forward to of when we pay off the heat, who are you going to make off of me? That's going to help the gate and help your belt and help become a bigger star because those are, that's the person I'm really trying to do business for to help develop your local, to make a bigger star that is going to, in your fans' eyes who follow along, going to be like, got him, and now I believe in that guy even more. So he can sell more merch, so he can become the top guy who vanquishes me, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, yeah, man, you're on the right track. But even now, look a little bit further down the road and what that plan is and how do we build to it, you know. Well, that's, that's where I'm thankful because as we begin to kind of puzzle that together, put those pieces together, uh, that's where B steps in and says, oh. okay, guys, this is the right direction. This is how we handle this. This is, you know, the the course that we're taking for that big payoff. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when it does come to those names, uh, like going into the Swiss Wine Festival, they asked for, I mean, they're old school wrestling. They remember when it was WWF and they're asking, hey, we want one of those old school names like that. And as we're going through and say, okay, you know, who's really going to pay off here? And then my partner, Big Neil, he went to him and said, you know, what if we get like a, 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 mod, a more modern name? So since we're using those, we'll say like, um, you know, um, a master in uh, Carlito. Sure. But I, you know, I have to sit there and ask, I said, okay, is that worth, you know, the five, the five K and in travel, right? <laughs> are they as over as we think they are with the, a general audience? And a lot of times the, the hard answer is, is no. Because on an indie show with what you got to put up front, you're riding the razor's edge. I'm making a profit from red or being in red or being in the black. And, that extra fifteen hundred. Not, I'm not trying to shit on Carly and Chris. I, I, I've had great matches. Right, with we're them. Just, for an example, that's who we're using. Right, but yeah, but that's the cost three to five, as opposed to twelve to sixteen. And that other fourteen hundred is whether you go home with a thousand dollars in your pocket or you go shit. We can't run another show next month because we're already down because we just lost fifteen hundred. But hey, I got to have dinner with Carlito at Chili's. Oh well, fucking. Great for you, bro. Great for you. I'm, I'm, you know, like there's just all that shit. And are you going to have stuff when 
guys are there and you get them to sign 50 pictures. So when they're not there and somebody comes to your merch table two shows from now and they want to sign Carlito eight by 10 for 10 bucks, you're still making money off them. You know what I mean? People don't mark promoters. Don't see the fucking full investment and guys who run one-off shows like that don't have the opportunity to, to do business along the line, to sell that merch, to tell a long-term storyline, to get a guy over. They just want a quick in and out, pat themselves on the back and think that they got it done. But that is almost always the recipe for failure. And then once you do that and you burn the boys, you're fucked. You cannot come back again and be like, well, we're rescheduling. One guy goes, we're thinking about rescheduling that show for our October 1st. They go, Oh, you're going to run against two CWs uh, re-debut in the fucking area. Good luck on that one, pal. So that even further shows me how brain dead they are and not knowing what's going on in the general region where they're trying to run. So good luck to you, boys. I mean, what sucks is I'm out 500 bucks. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that, I mean, it hurts for the talent. I, I would say anyone, you know, if, that is trying to jump into this thing, you had the first your first steps before you even start thinking about, you know, your 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 locker room, your roster, storylines, and all that. I mean, you got to sit down and seriously put together a real business plan, and, and know where your avenues are at, where your financials are, what your nut is to even break even, and, yeah. and then put and put that together for three or four shows to see if it's sustainable for that yeah. amount of time. Uh, if not, player promoter is probably not for you. <laughs> you're you, you're going to be fucking doubling down on the antacids. That's for sure. Make sure you leave some there because. It is that cold sweat nightmare. And if you don't get out and hustle pre-sale tickets, which is what I was going to give you advice today. I know this is a bought show maybe at the, yeah, we, this, we were, we were fortunate enough and that's really that's why good. we're in this position is the first four that shows that we have on our calendar. Two of them are bought. Good. Uh, so, so that's, that's nice. So you don't have that to doesn't mean you shouldn't be hustling and promoting oh. and getting it out there because those people who do bought shows when they think they were going to have just X amount because they're hopefully going to sell bottles and bottles of wine and, and all that and getting people through the gate. Let's double that and really put over that it's, you know, like this opportunity to be there. So, so even though you might not need the pre-sale, uh, we, we need the pre-promotion to make those the people who bought the show super happy when we bring in 250 extra because we did the the work to get them there ahead of time in promotion. That's a big thing that really kind of needs to start today, man. Like to go, well, have it's, your- it's, we, you know, we've kind of been building towards that, but yeah, it's the hard momentum. Uh, Neil and I are going to go hit the, uh, the handbills throughout the town here within the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks. And, and you're right. And it's not just that we want to be successful. We want to be extremely successful this time around, but that's to create so that they want us back there. So next year they, um, you know, professional wrestling did this at the wine fest. We got to yeah. double their budget. So then we can go, you know, bring in some some of those bigger acts that maybe that they're it's familiar with. And- it's all about creating awareness because people, it's not that they don't want to come. They just might not know the show's going down. You know what I mean? There's so much that we're competing with entertainment-wise, but at the same time, you got to hit them where they are. Even if your poster's only up at Walmart for one day before some asshole tears it down and from inside <laughs> – Go back three days later and put up another one. That, you know that, I mean? that is that is one of the frustrating things. You, you go out to, you know, build your awareness and you hit all the local businesses and and oh sure, go ahead and you can put that up in the window there and blah blah. blah. And then you make your you make your rounds back around town and like half those are already gone. It, <laughs> We're already out of that. And some of them might be taken down. I wouldn't say by you know 
war wrestling obviously you guys got a great relationship there but that anybody can tear it down so anybody take it down and take it home but at the you know you have such a great connection to that food scene there and bar scene that you should be able to use all those to hey let me put one up here in the entryway or or wherever it is or wherever there's kind of the working man and there's a break room i don't care if they're at the local uh sub shop pizza place uh gas station you know what i mean some some places like that that are locally owned are very cool with it and be like hey we got a show in two weeks and you know uh, always uh put your tape that it's tabbed so it's easy to peel off because nothing pisses them off more than having to go and scrape the tape off after your show's done. Do things the right way, not just, I got a poster up here and I fucking da 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 you know? Like, it's all those small things that are the relationship between the community building. I, you know, sometimes go to Moe's. I don't give a shit wherever these corporate things are. Go to the McDonald's drive-thru and stick one on where you fucking order the shit. Is it, are they going to be pissed? Yeah, but how many McDonald's workers are going to go out there and look at it all the time to see what's what and how many people go through that drive through and see your poster before it comes down, maybe two, 300. And they probably got kids in the fucking car, you know? So there's all these little, uh, terrorist, uh, of marketing tricks <laughs> that need to be done in the next two weeks, man. It's, so it's, you know, one of the, one of the, I guess, most effective ones that we've used in the past uh, working with some other promotions is when you team up with the, the instead of, you know, obviously your corporate like McDonald's, you're going to get a lot of traffic through there. Mm -hmm. uh, there's eyes on, on whatever you're selling. Uh, but the mom pops are great too. We work with some oh, local, local pizza places. Hey, we'll give you advertising at the show. If you'll put a handbill on every delivery on right on top of every box going out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. That's a, a great, great uh, promotion. Do that with Laroma's here when, immortals in there and the foot traffic at your pizza place in those little foyers usually you had a double door most of them they do in new york anyway in that little spot or on the side of the uh soda uh pepsi uh you know fucking refrigerator there put it on the side that way while somebody's waiting fucking off on their phone they might see it but you gotta hit all those spots where the common man is going with foot traffic and where they operate every single day from hardware stores to big box stores that are going to tear your shit down, but can will a, will a thousand people see it that day possibly before they do? It's worth it, you know? And that's what makes your show go from a, a good show with a lower audience to a great show with that extra 150, where now you walk away going, dude, that time that I was gambling with it beforehand, I just made 1500 bucks. I'm that's our model. And now we can take that plus our bills are paid. And where do we want to go next with it? You know, it's a good feeling uh, for a little amount of money, but you work your ass off for every penny of it. If you're doing this shit the right way. Yeah. I always go by if, in, it can be any, in any business. If you've got a brand out there, you're growing, uh, if it's pro wrestling, if it's, you know, podcasting, merchandise, whatever, whatever the hell it is, you know, Gene Simmons always said from kiss, if you can slap a logo on it, put it on there. Yeah. Build, build your awareness. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and we want to make our, uh, our consumers, our buyers into our advocates and our engagers though. Like there's nothing better than local word of mouth. So empowering, uh, those around you and having a good staff of people who are going to spread that word to their kids, karate class, swimming class at the Y, I don't know, whatever it is get the get that word out there i mean it's baseball season little league season right are the kids playing like, I, I made it hey believe it or not we got football starting here 
Yeah, schools right. are starting back up. You got the the summer practices for football. Hell, NFL gets going this week. Where can you go and put two or three posters where those kids are going to start talking about it? To hey, bro, let's go to wrestling. Da 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 da. Or did you want even better? You go to those guys and go, hey, we want you guys to sell tickets for us. We're going to give you 10 free tickets. If you can sell 100 tickets, we want the whole football team there. We want the whole fraternity there. We want the sorority there, whatever it is, in group Boy Scouts. You know what I mean? And then doing other local good things for your community. Here's here's fucking six tickets for uh, people who live in a group home or uh, go to the police department and say, Hey, I know there's probably some underprivileged families that can't afford it. Uh, here's 10 tickets. That way we want you guys to be able to do outreach and say, thank you. Then you might have free security with police there. You've done something for somebody. They know a family maybe abused or maybe just down on their luck that some kids that, that don't have much for the summer and you give them that moment brother you now you're talking about pillars of the community who are talking about you behind your back going these guys just did a good thing for those kids over on uh west uh, 11th street who who've you know been through a bunch of bullshit because both their parents are less than or what have you you know what i mean but uh those are all the small things that need to be done in the next two weeks and that will build you so much equity that when you do put on the big payoff show and say hey we need all you guys here they will come and have your back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And looking forward to it. And it's like I said, you know, I'm just ground level here. I'm learning. I'm growing. Uh, but I, I, Long look, look, at, look at around. I feel that we're a little bit ahead of the curve and we are, you know, fortunate to have the outlet here with, with HMG and then even locally, you know, he's, let's say, you know, guys like big Tom that, that he's been in the, he's been running war. I mean, I would say they've been around 20 years. Oh yeah, he's been around for a minute. Bro. Since I was in in OVW, they were around. That was fifteen years ago. Yeah. Uh, so, and he's not anyone that's stingy with the knowledge. Uh, he wants to see the business grow. No. And, and he and he knows his little bubble. He knows his area, uh, and he's he's perfected his craft where he's at, and he knows how to make make the money of, out of it. Sure. Uh, and he wants to see the rest of us be successful and and grow the business. And that's one of the the biggest things we're going to be talking about here in a little bit is the state of the uh, the business of professional wrestling. Ooh the ever-changing landscape and and really are, are we so deep in the bubble that, that we're beyond growing here what needs to be done but ben before we get into that man we, we got to square off here uh as it's, it's one of america's top food influencers uh you guys have finally found something that turns me off uh you were <laughs> you were deep diving into it you you had the the chips and the dip going yeah, man and you not- gotta explain to me what am i missing on this guacamole i, I don't see the the over-the-top hype bro you uh, are, people you love are. this stuff man and I, I just think it is flavorless garbage <laughs> dude i'm telling you right now that was some of the best guac i've made um i didn't I've, i was never down with it uh, you know until i moved to chicago and uh once the first tech crash hit i had to take a job at whole foods which is a good gig man i was working fish which stunk but uh i mean freshest fish there is but uh Right. It was right next to produce. So I'm working with all these uh, good brothers from uh, south of the border. And, dude, these guys would go out and all the avocados, when they turn black, that's the perfect time when it's time to make them into guacamole. But you can't really sell them because they may be, you know, turning brown and whatnot. And people are kind of picking over them. So, like, every three days when the shipment comes in, dude, they would take all the, the avocados that were ready to go and then, boom, so they'd make some of them into fresh guacamole, which 
when you're dealing with organics goes bad pretty quick. Uh, sorry, it's turned brown, but when they're making it, it's the most supreme and fresh guacamole possibly on the planet from the top produce at Whole Foods. And they would make huge bowls of it. And I, they taught me how. So I have a pretty good grandma's inside recipe from, uh, you know, Mexico from the Sinaloa cartel on how to make this shit. And dude, sometimes you get the ingredients and they're perfect. I don't usually put tomatoes in mine because the wives don't care for it. But I, I don't know how you're saying it's bland because guacamole, the, the avocado itself should have kind of a buttery taste to it. And it can have different consistencies between a very creamy and then you can leave it chunky if you want. So consistency wise, it's there. If they must not be putting enough lime juice in it where you are and, and jalapeno, cause you've got very tart and then very hot sensations. And then cilantro, which is the taste of freshness in spring, all of that should be combined and garlic and salty. There's so much in that flavor palette. When you said, I, you know, it's bland. I was like, dude, you're, you gotta let me hook it up because there's so many sensations in guacamole. It's just the taste of spring and summer freshness to me. And yesterday I got all the ingredients perfectly and it was slam, man. So it, it doesn't break my heart that you haven't had the best. And then there's plenty out, out West where people have their own spin on it all the time. Uh, and I can do it, you know, hand whipped up or I can in chopped or I, Mainly, I throw in the Cuisinart now because I got it done right. Little uh, extra Zordos olive oil in there to make it, uh, you know, bring the flavors out of everything. Uh, but man, it, you're you're missing out, bro. You really. I, I guess I haven't had the good stuff. <laughs> I, I would I would say you know when you when you come in for the show, maybe we will stop at one of the uh, the Mexican places around here. But I'm not putting any of you guys uh, through Mexican and then asking you to go out there and take a bump. So. <laughs> <laughs> especially not not because i'm worried about you i just these new uh ring pads that i'm buying here i don't want you know, <laughs> I mean, have to go out and uh, i have to get replace those again yeah uh, but I, I will say because you're talking about authentic where, where you've got some you had some guys that actually had been there lived it that, that knew how to cook that style i remember a couple of years ago going out to chicago and and hanging out with uh adam rivera and he's, you know, we're on the late night. We're cruising around looking for somewhere to eat. And he said, hey, I, I'm going to take you and get you some real Mexican cuisine. Dude, I, yeah. love, I love Chicago taquerias. Phenomenal. Well, I, I'll tell you this out there, and especially for those in the Midwest and the Northeast, what we think is Mexican is not Mexican food. <laughs> uh, we, we got this, this weird spin on this American Tex-Mex. Sure. Uh, is is what we you know when we go to the local Mexican restaurant, that's what we believe it is. Man, it was completely different than what I expected. It was it ended up being incredible. It was amazing. We walk into this place, and I think I was the only person there that, that spoke English outside of Rivera, so I didn't even know how to order. So I'm just kind of just hoping to point to the right things. He's having to help me through this. It, well, they got all the the pickled you know vegetables and stuff right there on the table. I mean, the whole experience was incredible, and, and the, the food was probably some of the best that I've ever had, but. Yeah, it was it was a learning experience. And that's the I mean, people say build a wall or whatever, but that's the beautiful bit of the shared experience of, hey, I'm a white toehead from uh, Ohio. And yeah, I've had the stripped down version from Taco Bell to Moe's to whatever uh, bland flavors that they've uh, decided to make for our white palate for inclusion of right. whatever to make the, us the El Cucamonga local joint on every yeah. But. Right, but you get some good brothers jumping over the border who need a job and they go to work in the kitchens and I don't care in Chicago, bro. 
sushi chefs, Italians, Mexican and food. It's almost all Latinos, bro, cooking at the highest level out there. Um, so I, I was glad to take so many lessons from them. But once you taste authentic flavors and how it should be mixed, even things like chorizo, uh, you know, which is a hot sausage, uh, you know, ground up. Oh, that, that stuff is, is incredible. We you don't get that at Taco Bell and Moe's and shit, bro. Like or Qdoba, like you you go to these real authentic taquerias, and you'll ne- and I like steak too, but you know you can get tongue, you can get whatever you want. Uh, uh, but th- once you have that mixed with some cilantro, some fresh cojito cheese, and uh, the salsa verde, little cabbage, you don't need it stacked to the s- ceiling with sour cream and all this shit on it. It's about these freshness in these small bites man and those guys just absolutely kill it and it i don't care if it's your lunch hour or two in the morning after the bars close these guys are busting their ass making sure that they're successful business-wise working the grill and you can't take those types of meals and turn them into fast food they can get it done in the same amount of time that fast food gets it done but the the quality is just a hundred times better for the same exact price man so a shout out Chicago to a shout out my man, uh, Dave Barajas, diesel power. My boy there who taught me plenty. He goes and gets the carnitas every, uh, every Sunday morning. Like carnitas is just uh pork shoulders. That's been marinated in orange juice and other citruses that are slow roasted. And it turns into a shredded pork. That's phenomenal. Fresh. Uh, he gets the, the fresh, uh, what do you call it? Tortillas and bro, we're off to the races. He's just cutting up a bunch of shit. I ate so good living with diesel, man. <laughs> like he's a phenomenal chef. And I learned a ton about Latino cooking. I, I'm not big into moles and things like that. I'll, I'll try them, but, uh, uh, man, like there, there's nothing better than that. So to see you, hear you the other day, be like, guac sucks. I'm like, man, for a foodie, this guy needs to try my shit. And he would be all over because there's so many layers in such a simple dip that, may not look appetizing to some but once it passes your lips you're like god damn this is good i want more <laughs> that, that had to be probably like a major culture shock to you i mean you come from from new york you know in up, upstate new york you guys got incredible food you go to chicago We're all italian in upstate new york all italian oh man you you talk about good flavors hearty robust food there you go to chicago you, you got all these you know these different cultures kind of blending together all these different food, i never had thai food i never had real authentic mexican my whole life and so then I- boom welcome to louisville buddy <laughs> <laughs> but louisville's interesting too because it's that it's right on the border of that southern heavy sauce everything's kind of tastes like breakfast to me in louisville you know what i mean like and then there's there's upper echelon places but even like the smaller diners and that are chains kind of or breakfast pop-up places that are all competing for the best biscuits and gravy or you know like things along those lines dude that when you have them up north you know that you're not getting the og we can't get hush puppies up here you can get hush puppies down there that are slam you know what i mean they're just a side dish in, in kentucky up north pennsylvania new york no way bro so you you have to go specifically to cracker barrel to even get a you know generic version of of what it is down south so there every place regionally that i've been uh you know and unfortunately for my waistline has always got that most delicious oh we got to get this we got to get this you know uh, when when you're in those spots but yeah louisville's got a great foodie community too and uh maybe not as authentic in some degrees with like 
I'm not going to say that. Like there's plenty of good sushi, plenty of good Latino stuff there. Uh, Chicago is just, in my opinion, the food Mecca of where I've been <laughs> of, of what, if you want the best of something, dude, cozy Thai is, is one of my favorite places in the world in Wrigleyville. Uh, and, and definitely there's plenty of taquerias and, and then even fast foods that you want with Chicago beef or Portillo's I've got to say, uh, Chicago I mean, hot dogs, bro. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. Like next level. You can spend I've actually done this. I used to, you know, up North, I take the train over to Chicago every now and then, uh, and just go to the little different neighborhoods and, and just try as much of the cuisine as you can. Greek town, Greek town's got an unbelievable as well. I saw killer cross when they were just there for that show in Chicago. He's like, ah, I was good, good to be back in Chicago. And all he showed bag that was the Portillo's bag with, the, you know, so if killer cross is badass as eating Portillo's, I don't feel too bad about it. You just got to work a little harder in the gym the next day. Oh man. I Dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit like four different restaurants today, and we're it's not even <laughs> nine thirty yet. You got me going already on this thing. Guacamole, baby, go go uh, go to your favorite uh, taqueria and have them hook you up with just some fresh man. I think you'll change your mind about it. I will go hit it up today and uh, share, share and report back with everybody through social media. Uh, okay. We'll share that. We'll share that through uh, through raw tonight. We did have the great guacamole debate yesterday in our chat, and then also Rad Raw. I made steaks yesterday; they were delicious uh as well for dinner uh, but the day before that i went to salem with the wives and bro i uh we went to the lobster shanty and we had looked online they're like that's the little spot to go to right in the heart of salem and uh had ordered the lobster roll connecticut style i don't like the lobster rolls that are kind of a mayonnaise salad cold based this was a warm one uh with butter on it and everything that you know that you probably shouldn't be having but uh just absolutely delicious all the way around, man. And then later that afternoon, um, let me see here. I got to bring this up. I'm sending a bunch of shit to John Hartnett. <laughs> Tease him. Uh, but we went to uh, the burger company there and had these shakes. They were like 10 bucks each, man, because we were sweating our asses off. They were just next level as well, too, dude. So uh salem was a good time a lot of uh i mean a very lgbtq friendly place with a lot of lesbian witches walking around so the, it was a good time to uh see it. but dude you gotta check this look at this fucking don't tell stevie look at that diet destroyer oh. holy cat look at that bad boy <laughs> that's about everything in the candy shop right there in one concoction yeah dude yeah uh so Definitely Salem's a good trip. Hit the dispensary there. Got some lobster, some, uh, some cool, some very cool satanic shops. Um, you know, some spellcraft stuff going on. Just a fun time to look through everything they had going on there. And a, a nice day trip, uh, a long trip, but uh, needed to get out of the house. And then yesterday I was doubled down on work, slammed all day. But it, that, you got to do that shit. Otherwise you'll go insane, man. So glad, glad to get out of the state. There we go. Uh, well, you, you took a little time to step away from, uh, the, I, the, I guess, the world of pro wrestling world crumbling. Everything coming apart here. Yeah. Uh, the the most recent wave of releases. Mm -hmm. uh, so WWE for just this year, 2021, is up over. Paz actually broke this down as a little project me and him are working on. Uh, like 50 plus, plus releases already uh, of talent. And, you know, everybody really... You know, you know, how can they be doing this? What is happening here? You know, I, I kind of threw it out there in, in our little 
chat group the other day, and I want to talk to you about this on air. In a roundabout way, is this WWE's way of flexing their muscle and in, in controlling the marketplace by over flooding it with with the talent? Uh, is and I kind of looked at this from a you know a bottom level promoter perspective and how this kind of trickles throughout the entire business. You know, it once you have that WWE contract, your value goes from from here to here. Right, you go from a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars in the booking rate to being able to charge seven fifty to a thousand. Yes. So on that same level, just not from an indie show. That value when you go to say an AEW because you're coming in, you're television ready, you've been trained for this, you you most likely look better than what, 85% maybe of that AEW roster because they were taking that indie talent to try to just get themselves up and running here. So let's say a good portion of them, they signed with somebody like AEW. So now you've got those people who were working AEW, they've got to go somewhere else, but their asking price has has grown, right? So I mean, so that's, so going down the line, you're pushing talent back, you know, going backwards, but their asking price is higher. Yeah, but that's there's a I think that's good. Uh it's it's harsh for me, but I'm not worried about it because I know my shit is where it's been for 15 years and I've seen those people come and go and I'm glad for them that they get signed and some are just indie guys who aren't going to get to that top level, but anybody can if you if they're used properly. Now, con marking out for ex WWE guys and signing them because they're polished, that's one thing and having to push his guys back out, but now in your fans eyes they're like so for you as a promoter that's awesome because now there's it's flooded with 50 guys who all want x amount and some will get it out of the gate and then others won't and their price will come down from 750 to 300 again because they want to work and keep going and stay valid and they know they can make it on merch because they were seen as tv stars to the fans so you have that opportunity it might take a little bit for the prices to come down but to pick and choose and wheel and deal to, to say, hey, we've got former AEW star, and now you got more made guys on your show who've also had some more experience up there. Some of them might still be dumbasses and not get it. But, um, you know, in, in the fans' eyes, they're getting to meet TV stars more and more, and you're going to get them at a price. Does it suck for the boys who got kicked off TV? Absolutely. But are you meant to stay and be a hustler in this shit? Are you going to be a sad sack and – thank WWE and do the woe is me bit. And then maybe six months from now, you'll start your podcast. Are you going to hit the ground running and get out there and know that your value is hot right now? And what can I do to make myself stand out from these other 45, 50 people that are all standing in the wind looking for the next indie booking, and then it'll get canceled from some carny promoter. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a win win uh, for the fans and the indies. Um, but at the same time, they're so overdone. And we were told that NXT is a 20 to $40 million a year loss leader. Keeping on, what do they have? 80 people on that were signed that weren't even on TV and a roster of another 40 to 60 that were, you know, like you're going to have 140 people in training who claim this is, uh, a third brand really is it what's it generating has it come in the into the black yet i want to see those numbers did nxt generate any profit 
whatsoever, aside from maybe merch for a couple guys, you know, but that overall isn't going to be enough to tip the scales 20 to $40 million. And they wanted to have a top facility, a top training facility with the best coaches and the best people. Well, they got it. But if you're not going to take those stars and make them into stars on TV, it's a recipe for disaster. Bring up guys and girls, how many people were over in NXT that were hugely over and ready for TV, Aleister Black. How did they debut Aleister Black? Where at? Which one? Oh, oh at the... Uh... On WWE main stuff. Do you remember how they brought him up? He was way over in NXT with all the oh, fucking... Super, super over. Uh, then they, they tweak a little bit. He had, he had some vignettes. At least, at least there was a... How did they bring him up? Do you remember his first things that he did on TV? It's all right if you don't. I'm not I sure. actually don't. I'm trying to remember. I thought they did a couple of vignettes for him, and then he just kind of just showed up out of nowhere. Brought him up with Ricochet and the tag team to lose. That's what it was. With, within the first two weeks of the debut, he's in a tag team, just lost direction. That's what it was. Had, it, so this whole, we have these whole builds. Killer Cross, same boat right now. Um, you know, we can, there's, there's talent after talent after talent. We could talk about this way. So they're not even using, they want to claim it's a third brand, but they're not having the crossover of what they're doing to build those guys out of, at least in OVW, somebody that was something separate where it wasn't under that umbrella. And you could take somebody and say, all right, this guy is good. And we're going to shift them into this, or you should be building your character to eventually cross over to TV and polishing that it's it's they, they didn't do that hardly with anybody at all. Uh, you know, well, let's, Kevin let's... Owens is probably one of the last ones that I can think of that got to be Kevin Owens and cross over on the TV is that I can't really put my finger on anybody else, bro. Sasha Banks, but she was exposed. She was a, a wrestler that came up because they needed cute girls and what have you. And then you're going to do botchamania every other match. Well, that's not going to help you once you get to the main roster either. Well, even, you know, really real quick on the banks thing, she was just kind of thrust in, even when they brought Charlotte and Becky, they just randomly bring them all together and throw them in stables because we got to start pushing the evolution. Sure. Uh, that's what, you know, that was all about. I mean, it wasn't like they got their individual opportunities to come up and begin to shine. It was, we got to push lady balls. That was, you know, the biggest focus at that point where we were talking about stars before and when they do go out and they're on this open market if it be aew if it be ring of honor impact wrestling is the business just so set into the mindset okay because they have that wwe uh sticker on them stamp on them they're worth this much when wwe is not creating those stars you know looking even as as a promoter an indie promoter, if you be here, if you're looking to spike your ratings for, I'll say, an Impact Wrestling, are, are we so deep in the bubble that we're not bringing a, a broader audience that it's even going to recognize these people? And, and we're seeing this where they're not following them outside of WWE because we're seeing record low numbers for you know Ring of Honor for Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not watching the show. They know that they were those uh, you know dudes. Maybe a Matt Cardona's trying to get himself over because he knows he's, he's, well, you know, well-versed in all aspects of this business, but those who are polished. And I was talking to uh, Angelina Love about this yesterday. She went through the whole dirty South thing, two weeks in OVW gets called up and gets released and then walks into impact in the same month. That's a polished gem walking into your, 
you know, cast? Are you going to use them the right way? And the beautiful people took off from there. All of these kids coming out of here are in the bubble mentally. They don't know what their value is because WWE has had them so gassed up for so long of third brand or this, that, or the other. And now they got to go back to the Indies or else they're all competing for an AEW spot, which those are filling up mighty quick as well, you know? So uh, to do what? Because they're not over. They're not establishing themselves as an entity and uh, a brand under themselves. So like I said, like maybe some of them will get it, but uh, a lot of them are just going to do, well, I'll try and get back to WWE to get back to the bubble because that was comfort and that was the most reliable check I ever had. Well, yeah, it's a billionaire just throwing money away on kids who were never going to get over to start with. And there's another 60 of them there. So we've heard talk uh, on the sheets that the Vince was like, no more midgets. I want people, nobody starting in their thirties. I want people in their twenties who are big, which is what it was when I was in OVW. And a lot of those big muscle dummies that they hired come in and they're gone. They get hurt or they think they're over because they're whatever. And they're going to bury themselves. Lars Sullivan. There's a perfect fucking example. You know what I mean? A guy who doesn't, and a kid in their twenties, and you can listen to Rip Rogers podcast, FR at uh, patreon.com slash homie media group. You're not going to get this shit until it's too late. Till you're in your late thirties and forties and you're bumped out. And that that's when you first start really starting to understand this is where I am in the last four or five years of my career of being able to talk shit and back it up with, uh, you know, all my mistakes, um, and learning from them, but, uh, that that's truly it. So if you're going to hire a bunch of 20 year olds straight out of the Olympics or fucking whatever NCAA, they're not going to pay off that. Like just because of look at that big bastard, uh, you know, is, is what it, what it feels like. you got to have people that are, did stone cold get over in his twenties? No, he was no, no. blondes and working his ass off, right? It wasn't until he was in his mid-30s, early 40s that he became Stone Cold Steve Austin. Triple H was terrorizing or fucking uh, the Connecticut blue blood. None of that shit got over. He becomes the cool guy in his 30s taking all the heavy metal shit. Because it takes a decade to get this shit, as Rip would say. And usually by that time, you're too bumped out and you've done enough dumb shit that you've hurt yourself and you're on your way out. I, I did want to ask you, like, you know, what is maybe like the idea age to get in? But, you know, everyone's going to progress differently. They're going to adapt, uh, you know, at certain levels a little bit you know, sooner. And the styles are really going to factor into, you know, what's your how long? What's the shelf life of your bump card uh, is ahead? Is, I guess, perfect, you know, to kind of throw us out here right now. Well, sorry, I just got to say before I forget it, because I saw that dude, Jake Atlas, who I think is a good hand. I watched him on NXT, and I would say that guy reminds me of Johnny Puncher, Tank Tolan. That's the guy you want in there to give a good 12-minute match to help get somebody over. He's believable. Looks kind of like a training student, but at the same time, a, a valued property. He goes, it was five years ago I got in wrestling, and then today I was released. I go, five fucking years? You came in the door, got signed, got there, and now you're on your way out. See, that in itself, and I'm not saying it's Jake Atlas' fault. Take the contract. Learn, brother. Absolutely. But five years from now, Jake Atlas will be a supreme worker if he sticks with shit and does indies and promotes his own shows and learns the business inside and out. Then he'll be ready to go to WWE. Instead, they just snatch up these rookie properties who don't know fuck all 
place them in there. They think they're over, they're learning, they're getting it. And then no payoff. They get no return on their investment whatsoever. So they're, they're really NXT is creating phenomenal indie workers. <laughs> That's all NXT's fucking whole MO really was, man. And to see a guy go like that kind of popped me. I will rib Jake Atlas on that to be like, it's, I've been in this biz five years ago. Holy fuck, bro. You know what I mean? Like, you shouldn't even have been on TV for the first two years learning this shit. And so they're, they're still babies, but they think that their acumen's way, way up here, bro. I was going to ask you, you're going to say, you know, if he keeps at it, though, by the time he really gets there, we're going to have an opportunity to have seen so much of him. I was going to ask you, is there too much pro wrestling or is it just an overexposure problem? Way too much, bro. The business isn't protected. Even in AEW, look at what their roster was. You've got a roster that really 80% of them were right where they should be on the other side of the gate singing Jericho's theme music. Ken, speaking of that AEW roster, I, I did the count just before we hit uh, live. Uh, 120, over 120 actual talents. And that's before you get to all those people that they signed. So, you know, their legends deal, their broadcast teams. 40 of them got to go. 40 of them got to go. I mean, what, what value and, and no offense is there. Cause I, I like, and came up with a lot of these guys. Are they using Marco stunt to any value? Are they using fucking uh half of the uh, fucking, uh, what do you call it? Uh, dark order. Like any, any of those guys really, you know what I mean? And I'm not trying to name names. Uh, there there's all the, uh, they hired Cesar Bononi. Look at that big son of a bitch. Every time they put him in the ring with Luchasaurus or whoever, you can see that this guy is not, dude, he's not ready. Sure, he looks great, but he's he didn't have the basic footwork to even know where he's supposed to be, you know, for things. And and you, I can tell when I'm watching those matches that those guys are in their head going, okay, I got to duck one, turn around, miss the back elbow. He goes off the ropes. Here comes a big boot. And then he sells back. I'll give him a slam. I'll go like they're trying to remember every single spot. And as soon as you miss that back elbow in that, he's going, where am I? Where am I supposed to? Uh, 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 uh. They're not just going, okay, dude, fucking duck these and shoot them off. Whoop, whoop. And all you need to know is duck. Like that's how a worker does it. These kids who have to have it A, B, C, D, E. By the time they get to F, they don't even know, and if they fuck up on F, forget about H-I-J-K-L-M-N-O-P, bro. They're like, that's out the window, and now we're a deer in headlights, not prepared, but WWE had our head out to fucking hear that we were way over because we got our own T-shirt and shit, bro. You know, like, let's focus on being able to work and call it in the ring, and since Rip Rogers and OVW ended, Every one of them has been a toxic property who hasn't been taught the right way. And, and it kills me because their teachers there are phenomenal from Norman Smiley to whoever, you know what I mean, uh, of, of being able to get it. But it, it just became a cookie cutter factory system for everybody to earn a paycheck and pretend they were over and they get this shit. When, where, and why did that, did that change that philosophy? When we look at, you know, who's, you know, who's running some of these schools, who's doing all these things. I mean, like you saw, you know, I can't remember the story. I was last week. I read it somewhere. You know, even Dustin Rhodes is putting over all oh, this is the greatest crop ever. But you guys aren't fundamentally doing things right. Uh, you know, Mark Henry, I, you know, and him and 
Dreamer and Bully, they went off on their show. You know, I think it was Will shared a clip over on in Facebook in the Hami Media discussion group about this thing where they kind of going off on, you know, they're just not doing things right, but they're learning these things from somewhere. So that generation has is now teaching them how to do this. Yes. You have teachers who are now yes men instead of teaching how to work the right way. And I don't understand how William Regal is there, how Sean is there, uh, you know, Triple H, you know, I'm sure his frustration levels through the roof or else he's in on it all as a giant rib. Um, and not saying ringing the bell. No, I just hear rip. No, that's fucking rotten. Get out of my ring. And then two in, and then he'll show you how to do it right while you will feel embarrassed because Rip rang the bell on you. I'm, I've talked, it doesn't matter if it's Damian Sandow, if it's me, whoever the fuck. And then you watch him break it down with two guys who know what they're doing. Then you're like, okay, I get it. Then you get back in on your next time around or you don't. And it fucks with your mind all week long until you get the opportunity to go in there and do it again, which chances are you might fuck it up again. And that's the way to learn, you know? So uh, instead they are more worried about, okay, here's your special entrance and you got to get to the corner and do your thing with your hand or whatever the fuck it is you do. And then the bell rings. And what do they do? Put a garbage can over their head and jump off the top rope. Okay. If you think that's working, taking this dog shit backyard indie bullshit, CZW bullshit and putting it on NXT and you think you're making workers like that and not making other, where is, where is the, in practice, Here's how a rip practice will go. 20, 25 minutes of fucking warm-up calisthenics and bump training to get you fucking loosened up or da-da-da so you're ready to go. Then we might do drills or we'll go into chain. Either way, he'll do it opposite. So if we go into chain, it'll be everybody around the ring and four in the ring or eight in the ring, and you're going around and doing chain. It might be me with Lady Sojo and then well, rip, work an arm. Boom, grab an arm, hold, fucking da-da-da-da. Get some heat on it. Bong. Da, 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 da. Ha. Bite on his arm. What have you. We work two minutes. Rip blows a whistle. I go to the next person. It's me and Rick Victor. Lock up. Boom. Somebody grab a leg. He takes me down. Fucking gets me, you know, in the regal fucking ankle gimmick. Whatever it is. Back and forth. I kick him off. He comes back in. I sweep it. Like, this is just the small things we do over and over for repetition. 45 minutes. You're soaking wet. Now we're going to go and do fucking high spot drill. We're going to do uh, five phony pins, and then we're going to do pin drill where you do 10 pins in a row, and you're blown up and your tongue's hanging out. Then maybe the, we'll do tag matches that day or we'll do a singles, and you watch as, as guys like Beast and Power will get in there and do it the right way, and we just want to practice what I call the Dre Blitz double down, shoot them off, duck one, you go off the ropes, come back, double cross body where you fucking are both down or you do double headbutts where you're both down. Dude, this is two and a half hours into practice. You're fucking shot by this time. Then we finish that. Popsy, get up. Uh, we're going to do promos. Rip goes back and talks on his phone or whatever, and I run promo class for a half hour where everybody gets to work on promos. That's a three-hour practice where you've learned how to get your body ready and warmed up. You've learned chain wrestling. You've learned something integral to a match and you've worked on the character aspect of it as opposed to here's what a WWE match is in six minutes. And they walk through shine, come back, heat, get your pose in and everyone, no matter how shitty your promo is just fucking brilliant. Everybody da da da. 
it's a false positive and it's a cookie cutter system. And like that dude, Bronson Reed, people are like shocked that he's fucking cut. You know what I mean? Well, bro, like the fact that you want your wife there, they had the wife come out after his big win, you know what I mean? And all that. That's care. Nobody gives a fuck about it. Like, I'm sure she's a lovely woman. No one gives a fuck about that guy's wife. Like that was the whole moment. And like when, remember when they were down there right before Canyon Seaman got fired, Nick Khan and Vince were going and the attitude around the performance center is all positive. People are excited about possibly getting called up. I go, dude, that shows how blatantly ignorant it is that they don't have a huge dose of fear because when Ace or um, Nova or Dreamer, not Dreamer because he's pretty, he's one of the boys all the time, not that, that Nova isn't, but um, would show up, that's a good fucking indication either you're getting called up and usually that'd be one or two people but there should be about 10 people who are worried of losing their jobs because when they're coming to evaluate talent, it's usually to take one or two and to trim the fat of they, we've put enough time and money into them and then they're, they're not getting over. We're not interested. So real quick, what was the vibe uh, around the arena of the locker room when somebody like that would show up? As you said, I mean, was everybody kind of walking on eggshells? Was there excitement for some? And then the other ones kind of knew it with it. They were, you know, I guess you always like to see in baseball where they're waiting for that t- that red ticket inside the locker that they're going to be released. Or it's you. It's it depends on where you are. If you've been looked at once or twice before and been up on the road and you're back down, it can be a scary thing. Like uh, Damian Sandow when he was Idol Stevens and he was with uh, um, fuck uh, Cadillac Casey James, who in my opinion is as good as Mister Perfect. Uh, dude, the guy was fucking brilliant. And they went up on SmackDown, had a little run as a get over tag team, just two mismatch OVW wrestlers, no gimmick together. When they would come back down and you knew those guys were coming, you would see fucking Damien just wound tight, bro, like real tight. And they want it that way. And he's almost having a panic attack because he doesn't know if his career is going to be done at this point. Meanwhile, he went on to do incredible characters over and over. But when you're in your twenties and they're fucking with your head like that, dude, that that's what it's like. And they want that from everybody. So they would twist Mike cruel like that. And they'd twist a bunch of other guys up. And then here comes Cody and Sean Spears younger than them second generation. And we all want to be friends and, and work together, but you have to have a healthy disdain for the guy next to you because he's trying to get the same spot that you're trying to fucking get. And if you went up on SmackDown and came back down, well, that means they didn't see it in you. And it's only a matter of fucking time. Now I got to figure out how I can get myself over here with something new. That's going to create a buzz. That's going to get me up there. And then other guys will try and sabotage that or look at it and go, that shit's never getting over, bro. Meanwhile, instead of them going, yeah, dude, let me help you get that over and I'll get myself over at the same time. And what I'm doing, and maybe we can take this on the, nah, bro. They want that fucking stab your buddy in the fucking back feeling without ever saying it. You can't say, I'm going to take your fucking spot. Cause when you do, they go, Oh, you're over. Then we'll make sure you, you're, you, you're never over if you think that. But at the same time, they want you doing Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Let's cut this guy's throat behind the scene or wind him up till he breaks and calls somebody a mark in the ring. So you go, He's really the mark. 
which is exactly what Gargano and Ciampa or, or did to uh, not Ciampa, Gargano, Cole. Cole did to fucking Cross. So, like, <laughs> people might have politics at every job, but they'll never understand the level of fucking mental fuckery that goes on there. And I'll tell you what, if you're not a, I mean, granted, you're subscribing to the Realm Network and hearing the beautiful podcast on Russo's brand. The shoot that Angelina Love cuts on Dirty South Wrestling that I taped with her yesterday is one of the best and and most real looks into the mental fucking games and how they they ruin their own talent with excessive bumps and things like that to test them to see if anybody will step up to talk shit so they can further bury them instead of focusing on making all talents great and getting a payoff off of their investment, bro. This mafia that we're in is such a mental mind fuck. If you, especially if you're a young kid in the twenties that they want to go to, you're not prepared to, to deal with it. You're, you're just fresh meat for them to feast on and play more of their little sociopath games. So you got to be one in order to deal with them, man. Jeez, well, Pete. Was there any individuals you remember that, you know, went up, missed that opportunity, had to come back, survived all of what you just described there, and then go and then re-grab that success that, that you really remember that that fought through that? Or is it – I'm sure it's you're, it's a very low success rate once you've had that chance and then are sent back to OVW. Yeah, I, there's a couple, but they never – I mean – I never, I don't think she's felt it. She had to, and she's made it to the top. But Beth Phoenix to me is one who was kind of up. They had their eye on her, you know, up and down, and they kind of messed with her a little bit. See how she, but she, she deal with it with grace and didn't, never let him saw her sweat. Um, Paul Burchill is another one, man. Uh, Rob Conway. Uh, you, you talk hey, about all, all these names and so many of them because, you know, I had that, that great opportunity where I live. I got OVW television and, mm-hmm. you know, OVW would travel up to Cincinnati at that time. You know, we'd get them every couple months. So I get to go see this. So many of these names, you know, they act with, with Aaron Stevens and Beth Phoenix. And I, I would have bet either one of those two would have been like huge And Beth that went on to uh, amazing things, especially Aaron. I would have bet anything back there. That guy would have been like main event WrestleMania. Cause that act that they had were, you know, he had the two women. Who was it? Shelly Martinez was with him. Yeah. And she was like the the uh, the naughty, the bad girl. And he had Beth being the little angel. And he's the ultimate player in the middle. I, that was incredible. And then virtual with the act he had going at OVW. Uh, and then they just completely take the pirate thing to the extreme and just a dump monster, all over it. You're healing OVW, a killer. Like, and I hate this because everyone pitches it all the time. <laughs> have you I, I get this question have you seen him what do you think about a wrestling american psycho gimmick oh i never heard that before <laughs> he actually took it and fucking applied it and it was great he would come out to uh dark side theme and then what do they do make him incestuous with katie lee and they make him a fucking pirate bro like that's what I'm saying. The, the like what's getting him over is a monster heel and what he's training for in OVW. None of that is used on, on WWE TV where he's really focusing on his own business and getting things over that, that, that could be great, you know, almost like a Randy Orton level of like, you know, Viper is what he was playing kind of. And he was doing good things. But when they say we want you to be a pirate or else you're going to get fired, Hard me, matey. You know, like walk, walk the plank. Yeah, that's what they do over and over and over again, bro. 
and to, to not bring up uh, Bronson Reed and put him with Otis is a mistake. Like right there is the money. Here comes the train. Let's get him in the Gable club and Gable manages all fucking rotund, badass killers, right? Like, you know, it don't need to be that. And then we didn't even try it. We didn't even fucking make an attempt at it, bro. So, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not trying to hate on the guy's wife, but like that guy's from Australia, dude, what are they going to do? His wife's going to get a second job now so they can afford their cool kids condo in Florida while he can what not work anywhere in America. Cause he doesn't have a work visa to work Indies. Is he really a valuable property to the AEW could capitalize on when, if they wanted to, they could go get Larry D and fucking, um, uh, what's all their big man, AC baby. Like that's like, why would you, do you need Bronson Reed? You know, that was just them wanting to, not that he didn't bust his ass in Australia to get his opportunity to come to America, but what's he going to do now? You know, I, I say, be smart, brother, get out of the bubble and go back to Australia and be the biggest wrestling star in Australia and start your own promotion and take all that WWE knowledge and make money off your local guys and work with Piers Austin and MWA and all those guys and get it over, bro. You know, but they're going to want to stay here because their minds are poisoned by by that false positive spotlight of NXT. So we talked about that there is out there, there is too much wrestling. We have overexposure. Uh, is it a harsh truth that there's there's too much talent out there? There's too many people trying no, to find it, their way in the business? I mean, as we're talking about there, yeah. we could go through this AEW roster and say, oh, we could trim here. You could use this person. You don't really utilize them. And then we then we have to go to Ring of Honor. Then we have to go to Impact. Then but, we, here's the thing. Anybody can be over. It just takes the right creative. It's not that there's so much wrestling on every week. It's that all the wrestling we see is shit. All of the, there's no characters to invest in. Nobody walks a line of controversy. Nobody takes it super sexual. Nobody fucking gets real heat. A guy who gets even half great heat, Max Caster last week, his own company cancels him from doing his own bit for fear of blowback. So, it's not the fact that, dude, if we had wrestling on and every show was awesome, how great would that be? But in the last 10 years, numbers have constantly declined, and all they've done is excuse after excuse after cunt excuse instead of fucking firing the yes men, firing the factory people who aren't teaching these guys how to work, and, and putting it on that. And instead of going, we need real wrestlers who know creative instead of let me bring in a sitcom writer from Netflix who doesn't know the difference between a heel and a baby face, doesn't even know how to get heat and what that means for a heel to do. Like they, they're, they're just marks for themselves in owning these properties as opposed to furthering the art of the industry and ring of honor and impact aren't as guilty as the other ones are. They're trying, but they don't have the distribution or the eyes on the product. And if they wanted it, then they should go full ECW, not extreme violence. They can have that, but they need extreme characters and taking guys who are disgruntled, who take these rose colored glasses of NXT off who all think, Hey, uh, I was shocked. I was fired, but I got to say thanks to triple H Norman smiley. And, and, and instead of going, you know what, you dumb motherfuckers? There's a million dollars right here in Triple H. You didn't go to bat for me, so fuck you too. And like saying that stuff, you know what I mean? Like 
that's going to make you stand out from everybody else. Will, will that cut your throat in the meantime of being like, well, he's not welcome back here. Who cares? They just fired you. They're not paying you five years from now. When you make yourself an undeniable property off of being the anti-establishment and showing that you believe in yourself and the crowds behind you is an anti WWE thing, which is what two CW was built on. So I might know what the fuck I'm talking about a little bit in, in doing that you've made yourself stick out. It's exactly what Stone Cold Steve Austin did, went from Hollywood Blondes to ECW, where he was just Steve Austin with a backwards hat and a fucking, you know, some jean shorts and a and a tank top on, talking shit to Eric Bischoff directly. He didn't say, Bischoff, thank you. Thank you very much for letting me be part of the Hollywood Blondes of Brian Pillman. It was one of the greatest experiences of my life. I want to thank Sarge for all of his training down there in Atlanta. No. He said, you fucking assholes fired me over a goddamn FedEx. Fuck you. I'm going to stick it right in your ass, right? Like, and what did he do? That. He's sure the ringmaster thing was shitty out of the gate, but it was that shoot and fucking going in on himself that Paul Lee gave him open cart blanche to do. Is Tony Khan going to do that for anybody? Is Sinclair going to do that for anybody and, and let them do that, bro? That's what they need to do. That's what impact needs, but they don't, you don't go and they're here, the fucking former WWE guys and not, and, and then try and repackage them as some little impact fucking storyline people. When those guys show up, it's time to bang, bang. When Brian Pillman showed up, you didn't know what the fuck could happen at any second. When these guys come in, it's like, Hmm, another cookie cutter fucking he's going to do shine, come back heat and fucking do some shit off the top rope oh yay they're here like that's the feeling bro not like oh fuck he's shooting on game you know like that's what draws people in bro and they don't want to take any chances of doing that i don't know why but i do know why because they have stockholm syndrome and and it's from the from this fucking big program that they made like that that was set up for failure from the jump i think you know inside of itself it's we're so conditioned by a cult, our culture and our society now. They're afraid to speak out because of a, a damn backlash. But you, you mentioned ECW, and a lot of people, yeah, they're like, oh, it was the extreme. It wasn't the extreme. It was the, well, what's the extreme? It was the extreme connection to the characters sure. and, and how raw and real they were. And they spoke out against society. You know, it, dude, Bubba Ray Dudley went from a dancing, stuttering retard to fucking Bully Ray, a top level shooter. And, it, and you can start as a low stakes character and go to high stakes, but forget Bully Ray and Bubba and what they accomplished as brilliant tag team wrestlers and, and turning that act into something else. When Spike Dudley comes out, place goes nuts, bro. That's what I'm saying. Anybody can be champ. Mikey Whipwreck, a happenstance champion of like, you know, somebody runs in, knocks out his badass opponent and drags Mikey on top of him for the win. And Mikey wakes up and goes, what I want. He looks like the paper boy, right? Like that, that anybody can be champ. If we set things up the right way and the crowd will follow behind it, but you have to commit to the bit and play it out to the, to the highest level and beyond, not some soft soaped wrestling shit, because that's what every single product is. And look where the numbers are a hundred thousand for impact, bro. A hundred thousand for impact. That's brutal. That is brutal. Ring of Honor, 
the only business I know about is Dalton Castle and Angelina Love because I care about both of them. One's two CW and one is a is a client. You know, I, I will say probably one of the the hottest acts inside of pro wrestling is inside Ring of Honor, and it is Shane Taylor because he is there with Shane Taylor Promotions and he's talking truth. He's talking about they have to do this. They're gonna make their own culture. They're gonna, you know, they're doing it for each other. For him, bro. My my and, hat, he's, bro. and he's out there talking about real things, and it makes some people uncomfortable. Uh, he'd actually come on months ago with Jargo and I, and we we kind of pitched something along that line. So I said, What if they just gave you a, a live microphone as a real, you know, a real black dude talking about what's real to you? Sure. That was, it would scare the shit out of people. And, and yeah. he and he does that. And it makes people uh, uneasy, and that's what you you need that raw realness, and what Why, you see from the other promotions. People are afraid of that. Wrestling is supposed to be the fantasy version of real life turned up, right? But we're not using any of the Black Lives Matter. We do Antifa with uh, fucking uh, Retribution, and three weeks later, they're wrestling matches. They were outside with Molotov cocktails, throwing shit at NXT, blowing shit up. Well, let's get him in a wrestling match. Yeah, because, yeah, you immediately have those involved. Please do not. That's not us. Don't associate. You immediately have ruined any momentum that you have. You derailed your own own success. Zero lady balls whatsoever, bro. And, and, you know, you want to walk the controversy line, you got to go for it. You have to commit because if you pull back a little bit, now that reality is ruined. The controversy's gone. It's just some phony play wrestling shit, and you care more about being on Instagram showing your box in some fucking uh, Daisy Dukes. Like, that's more important than protecting the, what actually earns you a paycheck and, and saying this, I'm going to get this over. The, the, the social media aspect of it, the not protecting yourself as a heel and protecting your heat that way and blowing it off, like, all of that shows, like, I love this business. No, you don't. You actually don't love it because you're not doing anything to forward it and make the art into something new. You're just going along and don't want to step out of lines. You're afraid you'll get slapped down as opposed to having carte blanche like him. What if we had a retired police officer uh, that was a wrestler? I'm, I'm sure there's got to be one or two of them. Ali, even though Ali, he's not, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. What, even though he's not a white guy, what if Shane Taylor's got a beef about George Floyd cuts the whole promo Ali debuts and on the way down to the fucking ring, which I'm sure Ali will be caught soon. Shane Taylor beats the fuck out of him because he hates police and does a fuck the police gimmick, bro, NWA. It's that easy and to, to do something that's in the vein of now and talk about it and, and be like, wow, I can't believe he's saying that on wrestling while everything else is so vanilla. You know what I mean? That uh, Like, why not let a guy do that and, 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 and get the heat over? We, we actually had, you know, on our last PWA show, and I remember some people even asked me, said, you're going to do this? Uh, I had a guy who's a correctional officer. That's our, it's his gimmick. Uh, it's back to blue all the way. You can tell through and through who he is. And I had him go out there and beat up a black guy in a ski mask. Got a, right. got a, we were, you know what? We were right there in Trump country. Got a hell of a reaction. And, I, right. t- I, t- and I told those two guys, I said afterwards, I said, let's go, uh, let's go 50 miles over to Columbus and go in the city, and we'll get a completely different reaction here. If you want to even do a small comedy spot, doing it because the work can handle anything if you approve of the approach the right way you got dr ted you got you got man beast never debut him as man beast or mobile homers or what have you right he's a shoot doctor how do people feel about doctors right now well i all depending on what they're preaching 
You're right. Well, <laughs> most of it, people don't even trust their doctors based on this COVID shit because of all of the bullshit with vaccines and they tried to use it. And now doctors are coming out and saying everything. In a wrestling world, man, B should come out at the beginning of a show and can't, like you have one match and then be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not COVID protocol friendly and that I need everyone to mask and do all that shit and, and admonish people. And then if this was ECW and you were doing that, who would come out? One or two people. Well, you'd have probably hit the Sandman and come out and caning. That's okay. One of three people. Sandman <laughs> would be perfect. Or the, the late, great New Jack. Fucking hit New Jack's music. Come out, drill him and drop him with a guitar and a fucking keyboard. And, and he's dead. Or you have 911 come out and fucking choke slam him and kill him. And you run that spot over and over and over. And you know what I mean? People are, are so tired of the doctor and all that shit. There it is. It's that simple. But if you're not going to even touch the words COVID or fucking what people want to do vicariously, be like, uh, you know, Mambies, I'm here representing the CDC. Instant heat. Instant heat. Well, whoever, picture whoever you send out after that is over as fuck. Grandma could come out, hit him in the fucking shin with a cane, and grandma's the most over person on the fucking show, bro. I was now I pictured it. I mean, how great it would be to have him come out, interrupt a match, and start setting up like sanitation stations in one corner. Every putting a, a, a mask on the ref, trying to get the wrestlers to wear a mask, and then yeah. whoever get, whoever hits him is going to be over. That it's. But are you even going to get close to fucking? Oh, how dare they do that? And here's a spot that I was not the most comfortable with, but I did it two or three times at Dynasty, and I appreciate Chris Envy for having the balls to do it. St show starts off, fucking, uh, oh, say, can you see? Everyone's fucking standing up. By the dawn's early light, what's so proud? Ugahalakbar. Fucking right in the middle of the national anthem. They're all standing up with their hands over their hearts, and they hit my fucking music, bro, to cut the national anthem. Sketchy. In, in, a, in a VFW hall? Bro. Inst I mean, people are like, oh, that's cheap heat. Fuck you. <laughs> my heat is so... I wish you wouldn't have said that out loud. I wish you would have told me that in <laughs> private. I would have ran that. Just think about though. You come out to kick off that show. Those people, that establishes the... Do it. Are they the all ultimate... listening to this? I mean, I, God love them. They probably let's, are. Let's, let's run it here, but doesn't it make sense there? Okay, you come out there. We got them good old boys in deep southern Indiana, Kentucky. You know, they're, they're, the Ohio River runs right through there. We're on the shores of it. We're all looking at each other here. Here comes how I mean, what better way you establish yourself? And then my great American champion Amos comes out and kicks your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Could be, man. Uh, or I leave him laying because it's the anniversary of 9-11. All these things that are unresolved PTSD, weapons of mass destruction, uh, drone bombings, paying Iran $100 billion for fucking hostages, uh, you know, gas prices. Like, how awesome is America? Not very. And so they don't want to be reminded of that lie that they're trying to perpetuate that they've been told USA number one since 1980 fucking three with Ronald Reagan and still trying to live that bullshit. Meanwhile, it's been 20 years of taking your civil liberties and whatnot. And all we need is the great American song interrupted by Islamic call to prayer and a fucking guy waving a fake fucking ISIS flag. Meanwhile, the Taliban went from 40 towns they were after that. Now they're up to, I think, 280 towns they've retaken. 
in Afghanistan. So the whole lie of going there to, to beat the Taliban was nothing more than to go get lithium and heroin uh, from them and, and to set those deals up. And now that the back door of that's been done with Merck, Pfizer and everybody else, we can get the fuck out of there. And we're back to religious fundamentalism to let them take over those towns so that we can then do what with our other companies bomb the fuck out of them again. And because you build bombs, you got to use them. So we'll let them get this back and then we'll come back and kill them all again. So the master, hey, hey, bro. And while we're sitting here having a real conversation, I, I look up at the uh, headline news uh, and Dwayne Johnson's name pops up here. Uh, the celebrities are all they're They're weighing in now and having a debate about washing themselves daily. That, that's the hot news <laughs> from, the, from Hollywood. Well, we're having a real conversation about, you know, what needs to be said and done to be successful. And you know, not just pro wrestling, but in entertainment. And that's what people are missing out on. Yeah. And the rocks a completely bought property. He was a big Republican. And then he sold out to stump for fucking uh, Biden and uh, Kamala. And uh, you know, and that's all part of him being part of the Hollywood machine and give me the money. I'll sell out too, bro. Cash in on it. Uh, So back to, you know, with NXT and it seems that they're stripping things apart. What, what is the direction they should head in? I've seen you comment, you know, let's let's go back to the OVWs, uh, the, the, the Heartland Wrestling Association. Should they go back to just outsourcing that and letting people come up through those avenues? Or is it tell me to stay committed to the performance center the and bringing people in? You sent me the graphic. Tell me the top four stars that NXT has made from the ground up and that are major draws right now. Really? can't i mean can we can we count roman in that because he's more fcw but it is it well i mean was roman even over until just now you know what i mean he, it took him seven I mean, years to say, it took push 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 right to get this shit so he was really made on the road not in fcw or nxt and getting it he wasn't over he had to take in in rollins has done shit upon shit upon shit and now he's just starting to get it it wasn't until he worked Dominic solo and had to lead that program that he finally started to get over. Everything else he did before that was still ROH indie phony bullshit. And now he's starting to get it character-wise and what it takes. That graphic you sent me, oh, who, are you, the, who are the guys from OVW that you can name that are over that are massive? Well, I mean, just that graphic inside itself. You had Randy Orton there. You had Batista. You had John Cena and Brock Lesnar. Then mix in Shelton Benjamin, Beth Phoenix, uh, fuck, who else they got on the road, or even their commentator, uh, Stu Sanders, or whatever you want to call him, uh, Bad News Barrett, uh, fucking uh, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley. What do you, where do you think we should go? Do you think we should stick with Johnny Ace and the Yes Man crew of fucking trainers, or should it come back to Rip Rogers telling people they're fucking rotten and a piece of shit, and this is how you do this shit, and then Al writes TV to help them build character week after week after week and really get them ready for the road, uh, and then Cornette's old-school fucking training mentality as well and character-based mentality. Tell me which one's been more successful. All this was was all these older guys who were in the biz in the 80s as lower mid-carters from Skinner, Steve Kern, Johnny Ace, Brother Love, 
all those guys do is collude to cut each other's throats, to cut Al's throat, to cut Danny Davis's throat, so they can then convince Vince to give them the investment to go do this. But guess what? They weren't over for a reason because they don't know how to do this. They only know how to be office stooges and yes men. They do know wrestling a bit inside and out, but they're more worried about the power play. I can tell you 20 different Johnny A stories of, oh, why should I give you a job? Well, motherfucker, it's your job to go find top talent. And guess what I am? I'm a top talent. I stand out. I'll out promo anybody on this roster. I'll get you more heat than anybody else. Well, Hardy, we can't have uh, terrorists and shit on our team. Well, then that's your problem, bro. That's you being pussy and not want to. It doesn't change me. I don't have to be a terrorist. I know how to get heat. You want me to go out and talk like this and be the Alex Jones? You want me to do that fucking shit? I'll blow everybody's fucking socks off doing that too. But apparently you're not good at your job at finding top people. You can go out and find models who will then fucking throw through the system and some twins and you can bang out their mom and fucking do that if you want. But when the reality of coming, finding actual hardworking talent or getting a Serena Deeb and just putting her in as a, you know, a little side piece or using her as a coach. Meanwhile, you've got all these girls who are clueless and you've got a gem right there and you're not using her. That's on them. That's on them being terrible recruiters terrible bookers, not using the, the people they have as property to the, to their most advantage. And those, why aren't those guys fired? Those are the guys that keep their job over and over and over again, while ratings go down, 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 down. And then Canyon Seaman, a volleyball player, nice guy gets hired and fired after eight years of trying to be the contract relations guy. They hire some other Jerry Maguire motherfucker who knows nothing about wrestling, nothing about the carny business that this is in, how to deal with those sharks and what they really want to, because they want to be able to manipulate. They want marionette puppets. They don't want workers who can actually get over. And I don't understand why, because that's what's going to get your numbers up. Not some six foot eight, 20 year old who doesn't know shit about this business, bro. It's just more mistakes after more mistakes so they can continue with their sociopath games instead of making the best product possible for the audience to be entertained and tell their friends, bro, you got to see this shit they're doing with this Antifa stuff or the George Floyd shit or making TMZ or making like wrestling controversy. And we can't believe they're doing this angle about that. Well, we want to be on mainstream news and have people talk. And so they are divisive. We do want that interaction, even if it's hate, because if they're watching, they're watching. If they hate us, that means we can fucking make a baby face to pay off that heat from their hate. But it's more important to make sure Killer Cross knows where he is in the pecking order instead of making him a fucking next star like Randy Orton. When we're talking about going back to like what you those those old philosophies, those trainers. Do you see any schools that are established right now that you would trust to handle that? I mean, or do you have to just. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think uh, the great in Vegas, uh, Sin Bodie and D'Lo Brown, uh, obviously uh, get it. And Sin's a rip guy. Uh, I think Gangrel uh, is another one. Uh, absolutely. A guy who gets it with character and, and knows the fundamentals of uh, how to work safe. Uh, you know, I, I would trust like Pritchard. You know, you got Jacobs Pritchard Academy. Yeah. Oh, Dr. Tom. I mean, forget about it, bro. <laughs> Probably the best trainer, you know, out there with Rip, like neck and neck. There's nobody better than I that. was just, I guess what would make me 
worrisome in that and going towards that direction is you have people that are just looking to get those deals that'll play along. Okay, we're doing it WWE way. We're going to keep continue to just teach this if you long as you'll fund our our promotion and our school and all this. Uh, yeah, whether it's uh, what is it? I mean, because I mean, look at like Cody at the Nightmare Factory. I mean, you've got people that have been down there less than a year and they're getting, wow. they're getting I mean, spots on dark and some on television. Not to say they're not learning how to work and and whatnot. I don't want to say that, but the <laughs> Cody, QT, and Dustin are using that as a work. So it hurts the integrity of what they're doing. So you pay forty five hundred bucks, you're probably going to get a match on dark within the next year. So what that does is say, hey, come to our school and you'll get a TV match, but or or a dark match, and marks will mark out for that. Pack up their whole life and go to do that. And who knows if you're betting on yourself. That might not be the worst way to go, dude. A forty-five hundred dollar investment in me is is the way to go because perceived wise, I've been on dark. Now I can up my rate even if I don't get over. So a smart worker might want to do that, but the reality is it's a mark thing to do to recruit more people from every shindy indie fed and get them out there. And you don't care about the integrity of your product because you got their money and you give them one match and that's all they need to feed their markdom. I don't want to work with marks. I want to work with top pros. I want to make top pros. I want to make people who are going to further this business. And what they're doing with that is a model to go, yeah, we got 30 people at our school at 40, let's say at five grand each. That's an extra $150,000 in the pocket of fucking uh, Cody and QT. And it might only cost them 20,000 out of that to fucking run their school and do what they need to do. That's 60 K a piece that they just worked all these backyarders for who have no I don't want to say they have no right to be on TV because everyone has a right to follow their dream who are well unprepared and, and have a false positive that they're over because they got a pat on the head from those guys and got the opportunity. They don't even realize they're being worked for five grand to fucking, you know, just this little thing. They don't care about getting anybody on dark. That's ready. They just care about keeping that money coming in, bro. And that's real worker shit. And you got to pay your dues, but uh, I'd rather at this time, it's better, in my opinion, if you really wanted to become a top worker, you'd go to Monster Factory for two months, you'd go to Nick Dinsmore's for two months, you go to Sin Bodies for two months, you go to Booker T's, and then you go to fucking Dudley's, and then uh, OVW, by that time, you could probably come in for a short run there and put two years in on the road as a journeyman and, and staying in different places. It's going to be tough, and if you got a family, it's that's almost not possible. But welcome to being a true carny in this shit. If you really wanted to get over and do that, there's opportunity to go work all those territories and learn from top top guys now, as opposed to I'm OVW. This is where it is. If I don't make it out of here, everybody else sucks. We we would get that. They'd fuck with our heads like that. Don't go work indies. It's all goofs. Yeah, there's plenty of goofs on the indies, but there's a lot of really good guys too. Who are you going to learn different styles from and outside of the bubble? Um, so a real man or woman would get that and want to invest in themselves would do what I just explained as opposed to how it was 15 years ago when there was one or two schools that were reputable. Now there's probably 10 and to become a great wrestler, hit them all and learn all the different, different shit because each territory they're in is a different way to work the crowd too. Chicago is fucking way old like big man fucking smash mouth style with big fucking i want a gorilla press slam and a big face you know working in canada is like 
Bret Hart, 1991 to 93. It's, it's that technical. You don't got to take big bumps. They just want to ECW or two CW is ECW 97. It feels like in upstate New York, when I'm down South, it's fucking down South <laughs> old fucking bullshit. You know what I mean? You don't got to do next to nothing. And you're not, if you just work and grow up in one of those territories looking to get signed, you're not going to know how to interact and work with all those crowds uh, when you, when you get there and WWE is not going to give you that opportunity. Most of the time you're working in Florida, you might go up to Buffalo and then be like, wow, that was a hot crowd in Buffalo. Yeah. But why, why did it work? And why didn't it? If you're not telling a story long-term there, you're not going to get it. So, yeah, we're, we're laying it out here actually in a roundabout way. We're, we blade out the blueprint here of what the business truly needs to do to to grow itself outside of this bubble, this bubble where everyone thinks that we're in this great boom or whatever, which is absolute BS. Uh, what strategies would you say for maybe even I don't know, a big indie that does want to be bold and brave and get out there and push the envelope on this? You know, maybe they can't get a television deal. But there's so many other outlets that you can. What the fuck's a television deal mean? The impact's getting a hundred thousand on their television deal, bro. Hundred thousand views. That doesn't like you can do that overnight if you really had it. So, in indies, tough because you can't. You you're regional, so you have to have a lot of good guys. So let's take two CW for example. Right? Here's why the only model I see could work because two CW would put the money in to make it look like an indie ECW style where it has a little production, but not too much to try and not do what they're doing over there. You know what I mean? We're not going to be able to compete with Thunderdome. So fuck it. Let's go the opposite way. But right now, Josh would look at there's 50 guys that just got released. And I got 12 guys locally who are all competent, great workers. Me, Brute Van Slyke, Sean Carr, Jason Axe, uh, I can go down the line. There's a bunch of guys up here that are just the norm. You know what I mean? Um, GGP, whatever. Uh, what guys that the the world thinks are made guys from legends, Godfather, Hacksaw, da, 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 can come in and do something to help get my guys up to that level where we can tell an ongoing story and mix in these ex-WWE guys for credibility while doing what we talked about, which is an F you to the fucking big boys and getting, getting cease and desist orders and then going on camera and showing the cease and desist order to make them look like the fucking jealous little cunts that they are where they go, oh, we're not worried about AEW, bro. You're worried about 2CW. You're worried about war wrestling and using somebody, Chelsea Green's real name. Like that's what the, like, that's how petty they are. And the more we can expose them and call them out on camera, that makes real wrestling fans go, these guys got balls, bro. And it's been a long time since we've seen any promotion with fucking balls. So use dream booking, use when the stars align and you have this opportunity to take a shot, you got to take it and make sure it hits the target. Use all their little pettiness against them. Um, you know, even, even if you wanted to try and book a battle Royal of the future endeavored and spend the money. And one of those guys will get a shot at the two CW title. And then they win it that night. And they're, cause they're going to be in for six or seven shows. I, I kind of like the future endeavored championship. Why not? Why not, bro? You know, and, uh, there, cause there's a bunch of guys you could bring in and all of those things are stabs 
at WWE because they have the money to sit up on high. But if you can drag them down into your muddy little indie water and get them dirty, that's all you got to do. You don't got to beat them. You just got to expose them. And, and that will be enough to endear you to the fan base to go hardcore. I mean, Strangler Steve King, our own here from Wednesday Locker Room, is a master of these strategies, bro. When it was me, Jack Trade, Steve, uh, you know, and working with Josh and a couple other guys, Chris Lovins, this is the brain trust stuff that we come up with to go, how can we go up and swat the hornet's nest with a bat? And even if we get stung once, they're they're going to be in a state of like god damn it we had to sell for them you know what i mean they they hate it but it's possible and probable that how about ecw remember the shirts our big boys kick ass and all that shit right like all those things that were a stab at wcw with those guys thinking they were over that stuff is and then you do them in limited edition runs so when the cease and desist order comes they're already sold out and you're on to the next one you, you, it's easy to stay ahead of them. It's but easy I mean, it, to poke it, them in the I mean, the, the ultimate, you know, poking the bear, the BWO. And look, cool. and look how amazing what, you know, Stevie and his crew were able to do with that. Legacy. And, and how hot was WCW and WWE at it? No, oh, back and forth. Probably pissed. And oh, then, oh, absolutely. But what was the answer for WCW? What did they do with the, what did they do with Stevie? They hired him from BWO. So the things that might piss them off at one time makes you undeniable as a property in the fans eyes that even if you transition into something else, they're going to take you because you got it over. Even if it was spitting in their eye a little bit, they, and they might hire you just to try and make you miserable as get back. But if you're a Supreme worker, you're like, Oh, please don't hire me for a big contract to, to try and pay me. <laughs> I was say, you're, you're still cashing that big old check that they're, that they're cut. Yeah. Right. So are you a mark for yourself and a mark for fucking like, Oh, they got me. Or are you going to be like, I worked them into a fat paycheck and they can try and make me miserable, but I'm stacking my chips so I can retire, bro. Like that's what a work, a real worker does. Not these backyard kids who go to one little school that's not that reputable or even is reputable or pay $4,500 and get on TV and they think they're made. They don't know how to play the game. They don't know how to work it and they don't know how to get themselves over to the highest level. So. <laughs> uh, I guess, you know, we're talking about contracts there. Uh, I guess we'll leave, leave it here. It's the other big headline here. We got cuts around uh, Adam Cole. Do you sign for that million dollar WWE deal? Um, I mean, he'll be lost in in AEW. Um, what what impact is he going to make in AEW with his size and star power? Uh, what he needed to do in this big meeting with Vince McMahon afterwards uh, in the sit down, he needed to look him in the face and go, "I'm your next Shawn Michaels. Are you going to invest in me or not? Are you going to invest fully in me for the next five to 10 years? And I will be that, but I can't be held back because yeah. And he needs to know what's what with his size. Cause Vince is looking at him going, this guy's going to get the fuck over. No way. It, you know, at least it, Sean was gassed up with huge biceps. Look at fucking Cole, man. Zero body. Great promo. Tom Cruise. Good looks. Athletic. Competent in the ring uh, until he goes and gets his own shit in and kills the story that he's trying to tell that he starts with. So he just needs some quality WWE polishing on his ring psychology. But is there Shawn Michaels money there? I believe so. But is he going to step up and demand it? He's been Shawn's Padwan, so I'm sure Shawn has got him 
pretty well on text every day back and forth of here's the move you got to make that you know but is he it, could he be the second coming of Shawn michaels anybody can be if, as long as you put the investment in him and get the shit over that you need to if you half ass it he's dead in the water and then what did you invest all that money in for and i think what's you know what's good with cole there as you said it, you know just that that fine polishing you find that right way to present him and he's already got that time with that darling audience so you're not really alienating anybody. You, you can actually grow with him. If you're Cole, you're going into that meeting. Do you walk in with half a dozen ideas how to promote, how you're going to direct yourself? Or do you sit back and kind of let Vince pitch to you and then let him? Because now, you know, there's a headline out now uh, that they've told creative to start coming up with all these different concepts for him. Or do you, or if you're a Cole, do you go in there and be very aggressive? These are the, you know, the six or so ideas that I've got. No, he, Vince wants a snake. Uh, that door closes. And I say, thank you for this opportunity. And, uh, you know, and he's like, yeah, pal, I liked your match down there. And he's blowing sunshine up your ass. Be like, I'm your next Shawn Michaels. I'd say it. And I go, but it takes you investing in me to do that. And, and when they say I'm your next Shawn Michaels, that isn't just in the ring. That's me being a snake behind the scenes, being a throat cutter. And I'd say, let me get over on killer cross on the promo and I'll expose this guy and I'll show you how good I re- and dedicated. I really fucking am. I go, I, I would, I would, I mean, for this is me being Cole cause I'm down with cross and there's way more money on cross than Cole, but fuck maybe not really. It depends who uh, you do it. But, uh, uh, I would, I would be that fucking snake when the door closes and say, you want to see what I can do? Let me fuck with this guy on camera and I'll fucking wind him tighter than a watch and I'll come out on top like a fucking cool breeze, bro. No problem. No sweat for me, Vince and, and get a performance out of him that he wasn't capable of. And I'll show you emotion. That's real on camera. And then if he's not down with that afterwards, I got two words for you. AEW contract, (laughs) you know, like that, that's that because Cole, let's be honest. Cole got signed. Not because of like Adam Cole, baby is an undeniable fucking talent. He glommed on to the Young Bucks. Adam Cole wasn't really anything. He glommed on to the Young Bucks being the elite to get to the, into the Two Sweet Club. And then when everybody was getting hired by Tony Khan to start that shit, he parlayed that fucking buzz into an into a NXT contract. They hired all the ROH guys before they went over there. Roderick Strong, another guy, five foot ten good competent wrestler not a lot of money written on him there uh kyle o'reilly same thing but he busted his ass doing learning mma so maybe he'll get fired and go do that that'd be a smart thing for him to do to be honest with you and bobby fish a, a, an older guy in the indies well established give you a great match good muay thai but aside from the handlebar mustache not six foot not a lot of money written on there and then you put all those guys together now we got four bland guys who are all white guys that look like they probably could work at the mall or the barbershop and, and that's it. You know, like, what are you going to do brother when that shit? And then you got Ciampa and Gargano, at least Ciampa shows like, bro, watch how much of a psycho workout fanatic I'll be Keska say, and him and Gargano had a great run, even though it was a lot of dumb shit that was uh, worthy of concussions, you know? So all those guys can get cut, to be honest with you. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Chop and Gargano make it, but they parlayed their way because they were snakes in this business, bro. 
they were indie and ROH guys who'd been on the road for a decade. Not the, I can't believe in five years I started in wrestling and I just got released today. Thanks, Triple H. Like those guys were ready-made snakes beforehand and parlayed that relationship with the young bucks and bullet club and all that shit. That to me is 95% of the reason they got signed by NXT. Not because like they were some undeniable property. It was like, we got to get these chess pieces before they get them over here. And those guys knew it. We're on their little group text of over cool kids club. And I'll parlay that into NXT contracts. But are any of them stars go to, go to your favorite bar and go, Hey, who wants to watch a Kyle O'Reilly match? You're like, well, who, who, right. Is that, is that the new waiter? <laughs> but, but in their little Florida cool kids bubble, bro, they're the fucking greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> so I, right, right there. That, that is some real talk, you know, where the fans are all thinking, Oh, they're worried about their character and, and their storyline to get over. That's the real talk. That's the real conversation. They're talking about what's, you know, positioning, maneuvering, uh, the game of chess, the game of war backstage. I respect those guys for using their, their power as a click to do snake shit because they don't have the size or draw that killer cross does. If, if they don't have that, that's why Sean probably had to do it too back in the day, bro. Think about who Sean was. Well, think, think when, you know, Sean and Brett turn on each other here and they're, I mean, that's, that's one of the greatest rivalries, like real rivalries in wrestling histories between those two right. because of the positioning. And, and Sean eventually ran Brett out of there. Because Brett just wanted to do things with a level of integrity. And because he didn't want to play the snake game and had a silent heat and he's back in his hotel room, motherfucking Sean to, uh, you know, whoever bulldog and Pillman and all those guys, right. Uh, at fucking Anvil, like, and, and Owen, but Sean knows he got in his head and that's all he has to do to come back and see Brett boo-boo face in the next day and trying to be silent and play silent heat. They know they got him. And then he goes and laughs with Razor and fucking and Nash about it. And they're laugh with Vince about it. And Vince is going, Vince loves that. He's like, these guys want it. And now I can wind them up to it. Like, that's where it all started, bro. And now we're in a second generation of that with Cross, Cole, and all those dudes. But unfortunately, the rest of those dudes aren't going to be around. And I think Cole is cutthroat enough to keep it that way. And I think he knows if he went to AEW, there isn't there isn't much there right now, bro. To to do what? Come out and be put in fucking uh, elite two or inner circle or fucking some other dumb click. Well, like, what they would do with him and to bring him in probably is because the story with you know going back to the being elite back in the early days is they killed Adam Cole, so they'd probably bring him back as a ghost. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, he needs to get on a huge round of uh, Florida water and B twelve. Get super jacked. Show Vince that he wants it work out with Champa every day and apply that Tom Cruise kind of slimy Scientologist <laughs> uh, character to, to what he's doing and show Vince that he'll cut anybody's throat from Keith Lee to fucking killer cross. And Vince will book him over uh, to do that, to, to see just to see how, but he's got to develop that relationship of, I'm your fucking guy and I'll do the dirtiest shit you want me to, bro. So there, there could be a uh, sunny days ahead for Adam Cole. <laughs> well, I mean, who is the next sunny too? <laughs> putting the boys over like that's, they might have this front facing corporate me too fucking woke shit 
when it's the same old slimy fucking stuff backstage all the time, bro. And you know, uh, I don't want to stooge it off cause I, I got a lot of respect for killer cross. Uh, but there's stuff with Scarlet Bordeaux that plays into all this too. Um, uh, former relationship wise and things along those lines. And a lot of guys are going to test him and rib him, uh, to see if he will break that way. And they'll, try and break his relationship to see if he will, if he'll go fuck this business. I don't want to even deal with you guys, which he probably should, or if he's going to take it on the chin, get rid of the girl and move forward on in his own trip. Batista, same exact story, bro. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other conversation. That's always, I've always found kind of interesting is that whole relationship dynamic inside of the business. Don't shit where you eat, bro. Even though the chicks are hot and you don't want to deal with marks outside of the business who are civilians. If you do that, you are just setting up fucking huge amounts of bait for sharks to come in and take bites out of you and fuck with you. Unless you don't have a fuck and you, your mental state is really whacked out. But look at, look at anybody dude from Lars Sullivan to whatever. They just want to tune you up to get you to break. This, they don't care about anything that's on TV. And really, all that shit should be on TV. Like, all that backstage snaking and stuff like that along those lines should, like, it should be alluded to that Adam Cole is fucking with Killer Cross's mind and that he's Vince's boy. And you see him go up and knock on Vince's door. Yeah, pal, come in. Yeah, come on. It goes in and they see, Adam, good to see you, pal. Door closes. You can fill in the rest of what's being said behind the scenes when you do the action to F over cross and you keep cross out of the storyline. So it F's with his head in real life that they're doing these things that are insinuated. So when he's out there, his performance is that much more real and paranoid. I know it sounds fucked up. That makes perfect sense. It's just wrestling, bro. Well, I mean, wrestling. I mean, life writes itself. <laughs> All Cross knows is he's he shows up, looks at the sheet, sees that he's fucking fighting somebody, and Adam Cole's gonna do a run in and fuck over his win. And then they watch Cross to go when he's watching the sheet, somebody's 40 yards away watching him look at it and then seeing what his reaction is. And then Carano, it would have been Carano, runs right to fucking Vince. And dude, he, he looked like he saw the sheet. He did not look happy. Oh yeah. He didn't look happy. Hey, eh? all right. We'll see how he looks after the fucking day. We'll, we'll have a major in and we'll see like, dude, that all this goes on. Not even in an indie level where I'm at, like guys want to play that just to play office. We got a guy who's a, a big son of a bitch. And uh, you know, sometimes a little difficult to work with everyone's personality wise, but the promoters want him to lose just to fuck with them. And I'm going, I go, bro, we're not doing that. I go, yeah, it's fun. And we, I like that little politics shit too, but this guy is a money draw and locally is a money draw. You put him over like we like, sure. We can do heater stuff backstage if we need to. And I don't want to do that if I don't have to, but just to play WWE fucked up politics to play it because that's a norm in wrestling not what I'm about, bro. I want best performance, best show, best cast, and nobody getting hurt so we can do it again next month. You know what I mean? And make money off it. That's the last thing on WWE's mind. And it seems to be, as AEW changes, one of the last things on their mind too, as they, otherwise you wouldn't be taking down a Max Caster, bro. Like that, that shit he did was brilliant. And now he's got heat for it. Mm, not good.
Oh, he seems to be one of the few doing it right. And and what did that get him? Well, it, you know, to, it, and I love that Khan just uh, just goes out there and just throws him under the bus. Yeah, like instead of and you know, all Khan had to do was stay silent and no sell and let him do his shit and, or do something backstage where let's heighten it up where Khan wants to see his rap and Khan tells him no, you're not going to do this, and then he goes out and does it anyway. And we get a one shot of Khan with Cody with the EVP fucking sign over his head where Khan looks at Cody and goes, what the fuck? And, and then, and cut his mic, cut his mic. And we cut it. Now there's heat between caster and the office. Instead of just doing some lip service shit on busted open radio, we need the reality lines blurred. So if you are hot about it, don't apologize. You, you can apologize, but you got to let him do his thing and turn it up more. If you cancel him, now we look like a pussy ass fed that doesn't want heat, that doesn't want to make baby faces. What he's doing is the exact same thing that John Cena did with Thugonomics from the sexual raps, the shit from the headlines, and dissing somebody on the roster. It's the same formula, except this guy's not doing cultural appropriation, trying to act like a fucking black guy because he is one. But you're still trying to tear him down. Like it makes it, it, it exposes the office as being weak and not really the workers that they should be in charge. And when the boys see that you don't have faith in your upper echelon management, where, where are we going? We're fucked from there, bro. What no, this we- work for you? If Castro went out there, started a GoFundMe so that he could buy advertising on impact wrestling and then cut like his own commercials where he's actually using He's he's out there doing his rhymes that he's not allowed to supposedly do on AEW now. Well, maybe, uh, but the GoFundMe thing is um, already being done by Baron Corbin, so they'd look. Oh yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Um, But uh, what I would do is have him cut a mixtape and fucking have a song that disses Tony Khan, that disses WWE, that disses whatever, just like three or four track EP, right? And then he's not on the show, but you have him by commercial time. And it, this could even just be the look, you know what I mean? And Khan could be hot about it after we've do, done these things and you see his reaction that Max Caster's the fly in the ointment. And then are people going to go right while they're watching live online to his website and buy that four song EP because, hey, they don't want me on TV, but I got the hottest verses, da, 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 da and get him over that way with diss raps. And then once everybody on the internet's talking about it and this line and that line and all this type of shit, he's undeniable. You can't fuck with him, bro. And if AEW stopped putting him on TV and he got over as the guy inside AEW dissing AEW in a very smart way, what do you think is going to happen? Oh, they're going to be rough. They're going to be bagging in the comeback. Or they're going to fire him because their, their assholes are too tight because they can't look at themselves and take a laugh on it and, and see that there's money here. And WWE is going to come in and snap him up and hopefully have him in a rap battle with John Cena, do something with uh hit row. You know what I mean? Along those lines, hip hop wars, something along that. I'll say this. I mean, they got the connection. Does TBS still have that? that rap war or whatever show that they had on maybe maybe that's the way to bring it back maybe he hosts it you know like these are the opportunities to make guys not have your dick go inside and recoil like a turtle dude this shit is supposed to be life 
turned up. The volume turned up to a ridiculous level to where we go, okay, wrestling is fake, but wow, that's giving me a reaction because we're beyond the realms of reality, you know? And our reality now is so fucked up. What does wrestling reality look like? <laughs> it should be really fucked up, but uh, everybody just plays it safe and ratings keep continuing to go down. And that means your revenue goes down, your merch sales goes down, the integrity of your product is ruined and the people you're hiring will never get over. So they can continue on that road and see how well it works out for them. I say time vilifies Russo it vilifies Cornette, it vilifies Stevie Richards and myself week after week after week. And all the shoots you hear on the Beautiful People podcast this week or on Two Man Power Trip, reinforce that. I'm beyond the the age and time in my career of ass kissing to be like, this is what they want to do because what has that done at NXT for the last 10 years? Made you nothing but but wrestlers who can easily be fired and not one of them has gotten over on the main roster to draw a goddamn dime And the guy who did Bray Wyatt gave you $60 million in three different ideas ready to be taken. It was more important for you to fuck him over than it was to actually do the creative the right way. So who's at fault here? Not Bray Wyatt. Well said. Uh, <laughs> some, hey, some fun reading out there. MSG sent me. I was going through some of these. They're, they're, they're pretty good. Speaking of TK, he was on Twitter thanking the uh, the Fulham FC supporters worldwide, and a lot of the fans weighing in like, "Oh, you still remember us? Are you are you are you still handling your your fantasy wrestling league or whatever?" So they were coming at him pretty good. Uh, good. So it's some good reading over there on Twitter. Spread way too thin. That's another thing. Spread way too thin. Wants to be the top guy. Isn't he supposed to be on the sidelines of the Jacksonville Jaguars as like a fucking coach too? This NFL season. Bro, think about that. Like people work their entire lives to get to an organization like the Jacksonville Jaguars or full. What is it? Fulham? Is that what they're fucking? Yeah, Fulham. Or to, to get to that point or to get to the top in wrestling. This guy thinks he can spread himself thin three ways. And I'm going to be uh, editing Rampage from now on and Dark myself. Uh, all I, me, my. I'm going to actually play goalie and then I'm going to uh, be the punter on Jacksonville. Like, <laughs> That's delusion, bro. That is delusional that you think you will be a success at any one of those three things. You have to dedicate full time, full time to be a success at one of those things. Splitting between two, you're dead in the water. Splitting between three, you're a joke to fucking the people who support you. He needs to be an executive and take you, you look who he's got backstage, bro. From Malenko to fucking Dustin. Uh, Jerry Lynn, Jake the Snake, Arn Anderson, uh, Tully Blanchard. Uh, but but Andre no, this Scott. but no, this guy from nowhere is going to come in here and tell you the never direction and trained a day. Never trained a day in his life. Never learned wrestling psychology a day in his life. Is going to come in and tell these guys what to do, and all those guys go, "Hey, look at this rich Arab. I'm a worker. Fuck yeah, best idea ever, bro. Killing it out there." Instead of going, you go do what you need to do to get Jacksonville out of a one in 15 predicament. We got this brother well, and ben, we'll, we'll run this by you. Ben, don't you remember when Ted Turner would, would book the NWO, then would go be the anchor on CNN and then he had to go manage the Braves. 
always he was he was really great at all that shit i mean he, he did relief i remember one night he did relief pitcher did the 11 o'clock news headlines and then he won the fucking uh tv title it was a great night for ted turner you had you what glavin avery and turner i mean that was remember that that, that starting rotation abbott got fired because turner had to come back in um <laughs> bro like that that's who we're dealing with like that's the men, and we got a lot of yes men around them who don't big brother them the right way. I, and I'll I'll shoot. I have uh, everybody. A bunch of people sent me that fucking two, uh, one from inside AEW, the director producer position. Uh, I applied for through Time Warner. It'd be the best thing they could do because I won't be one of those guys ever <laughs> that says, "Look at a piece of shit idea that has no idea how it's to get heat or to get a guy over and go." This is the way we need to do it, everybody. And I'll be like, nah, bro. Cut this, cut this, add this in here. You're you're on the right path, but let me show you the way we do this. And then, whoa, we can't do that. It's too controversial. Well, that's that's what we need to do. And if they want to cut it at that point, fine. Want to fire me at that point, fine. But I'm not going to be the guy who ruins wrestling just to get a fucking paycheck and go along to get along, dude. Because that's what's brought us to this point. Well, yeah, we've given them plenty of show. I might make some more guacamole today. Those I was going to say, uh, like we're kind of up against the clock there. I got, I got some tacos, some guac to get to. I got some ring pads to pick up uh, and some promoting to do. Oh, I know. Hey, I get to write a, a menu today, too. So Nice, man. Well, it's a big day for all of us. I might have a meeting hopefully later today with uh, America's Got Talent comedian, uh, second place winner, man. Big, big name, uh, Ryan Nymiller, a phenomenal comedian, uh, the cripple threat. If you've uh, ever checked him out, uh, but uh, hopefully uh, start the process of talking about uh, developing a show for realm around him, you know, for the comedy leg as we've already got uh, Reverend Bob Levy and Shuley on there from Howard Stern, huge names. This would be another great get for us. Um, so just uh, starting the pre-talk today, but uh, I've, I opened for him doing stand-up with uh, Comedy Central CNY. Great guy and uh, a friend of the Young Bucks and a wrestling fan too. So uh, hopefully the things go positive today. I'm looking forward to it, man. Awesome, brother. Why don't you uh, get us out of here? All right, y'all. Uh, you can go to cameo.com slash bin. I mean, pro slash bin. I mean, but go to the realm network.com sign up for free. Uh, shout out Bill Burr. Uh, you can uh, get freemium content previews of shows, shows that, uh, after their exclusivity, uh, kind of wears off, you can get those for free too, or you can sign up. For Hameen Media Group, Russo's brand, uh, Aubrey Huff right now, uh, Shuli and Levy, uh, and Val Venus, uh, all I think are $4.95 each product, uh, less than a dollar a week, you guys, to get uh, you know nonstop podcasting premium content like this. I know people are hot that the live interactive chat isn't going on. We still have the SmackDown Live self-help group Fridays. We got the AEW self-help group on Wednesdays. I'm going to try and do more watch-alongs, more interactive stuff on my Patreon, get back to some of the marketing stuff now that we can get this shifted over to the realmnetwork.com. But it's constant production and, and great stuff all around here with all of our partners uh, from uh, from Piers Austin with NWA to two-man power trip with John Paz. Uh, appreciate you guys being the most diehard psychopathic wrestling fans who want the real talk that you're not going to find on uh, mortgage guys or Meltzer Seltzers or any of that other bullshit because a lot of those guys are just politicking to get a job back, you know, uh, where we're here to push the industry and you guys love it. And so do we join the Hameen Media Discussion Group. I think there's a big virtual poker tour tournament uh, that JB's putting together. I'm excited uh, 
be a part of that. Uh, the Pick'em Challenges, all of our community members, uh, you know, and all of our video editors and social media promoters. If you guys can help us spread the word on getting those realm signups, that's the the biggest thing you could do for us right now. We appreciate that. Big shout out to my girl Goldilocks on a huge success on her TLC, uh, calling the cheap skates. You guys uh, definitely let TLC. There's a, there a couple things in that episode, man. It turned the stomach a little bit. <laughs> uh, but you know they love that uh, weird shit on TLC now. So uh, that's the way they're going, and uh, her success is our success. Uh, if you're signed up for the beautiful people, man, this week's Angelina Love shoot on Dirty South. It was plucking my heartstrings. It's one of the best shoots I've ever heard, to be honest with you. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're just keeping going. Stevie Ray TV, uh, the A show with uh, April Hunter and uh, Aaron the Idol Stevens, uh, if you will, uh, Damian Sandow. I love April's Twitter. Just great truth talk every day and hoping to launch the Larry Hankin uh, Patreon here within the next 48 hours as well, talking about uh clint eastwood uh just edited some stuff on there man so just crazy amounts of production man and i know you're under it too doing all the promoter stuff so work hard and we'll be a success together let's do it yeah ah uh, law it's patreon.com slash homie media group the, the, Realm Network. the monday locker rick vickery aka shinscape wakamura and that's me that's boots You want the camel clutch, crack your spine like a dutch Sideline, ringside, paralyzed, fuck a crutch Cause you're gonna need a wheelchair Been I mean with the overkill Smash your baby face with a steel chair The square circle, you'll get killed there Black and blue when you turn her purple Leaking red when it spilled there Ain't Bill Fair catching heat with the crowd Just another vicious heel down to cheat And he's proud, hear the screams when the loud They're reading out his palms, fuck your book of songs When the dirty Saudis dropping bombs Ain't police with batons, but he's pro-martial law You speak infidelity Catch a partial to your jaw, bowing down to a law Just pray you're not a victim Equipped with a stable just in case he's got a sick I'm no title when he strips him He'll vacate the champ Sabotage him backstage Bash his face on the ramp You're law Cause the pain is so vital He can lose by a count I'm still retaining the title You can win by DQ But you're soft like the Dairy Queens You're built like Enzo And skinny like his pair of jeans Rape your dignity And punish your lies Ben I mean is a pimp With 200 wives Thumb to your eyes You can catch a bat to the balls He can pull a foreign object And fracture your skulls Hack you in the back of the stalls Blast you through a door hinge Laughing on his podcast Conspiracy horsemen With no endorsement It's simply a promise He's a salt of slime On a mission of when his mission's accomplished, he will be the reigning champ Putting all you fat fans in a weight training camp Armageddon has come, he'll put an end to pro wrestling Heck a high mean, and you might as well rep the game
Hey, this is Stevie Richards. I'm here to tell you, you don't necessarily need all this equipment to get in the best shape of your life. All you need is this, a resistance band. I'm so excited to offer the 12-week resistance band training program to you, which features an interactive PDF with full overview videos, modifications, descriptions of all the exercises, scalability, no matter what fitness level or what age you are, the PDF scales the workout to you. Also, after your instant download of the PDF, you get full direct email support right from me, as well as access to a Facebook group with an awesome interactive community. I can't wait to help you take control of your fitness journey. So click on the link below, click on the link in my profile, or just put in stevierichardsfitness.com, go to the store and download the 12-week resistance band training program.